0: Lock on a Mike Murphy. That's me. Fred Huben. That's him. Murph and Fred, back together again on ESPN 1000. How are you doing,
1: everybody? Murph and Fred, every Saturday night until noon. You know, 9 o'clock
0: on this Saturday means we're yeah. just three hours away from Cubs baseball. I'll bet that lineup will be coming in soon from <laughs> Jesse. Very soon. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, you just got it the now. The lineup is in.
1: We'll have that momentarily. How are you doing, everybody? 3 hours sports talk local. It's Murph and Fred. We'll try to sort of uh, do a 50-50 today, Cubs and Bears.
0: And I is- hated 50-50. It just didn't taste good. I like squirt. Which is similar. Very yeah, but, similar. But different. Yeah, similar but, but different. 50-50. You can yeah. still find them sometimes in two-liter bottles, but check the date. It's probably, yeah. it's probably 1998.
1: I'm going to use a word that I never use because I didn't think it was a polite word on the radio, but everyone uses it now. 50-50 sucked.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It did.
1: I avoided that word for 20 years, but now everybody uses it. You can use it? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody
0: uses it. TV, radio,
2: everybody. Yeah. Yeah. EO11, 50 50, a big fan? I don't know what 50-50 is, but I can tell you, you I love squirt. So if it's like squirt, I got to like it. But I've never, I can't, I don't know what 50-50 is. Right. Or did you like
0: squirt or did you like what you mixed with squirt? Jen and squirt gonna, a Yes, lion.
2: actually. Yeah. I, I've had a squirt by itself not too long ago and I still enjoyed it. Okay. Under the
0: uh, weeping willow tree in the backyard
1: in the hammock and you'd have the... Uh, a, Squirt with a nice couple blasts of uh, the eater in there and a lime. Hey, gin and squirt. Couldn't beat it. Have you ever had this squirt that's made in uh, Mexico? No.
0: Well, when I hear Mexico and squirt, I usually think of something else.
1: All the food stores have it. Do they really? you got to go to the foreign import section Mm -hmm. because they use real cane sugar. Yeah. Just like all that. All right. No one cares what we had for breakfast.
0: (laughs) The show might be better if we had gin and squirts for breakfast. Oh,
1: well, now you're talking. You never know. Is that a li- is
0: that legal? <laughs> no, uh, I well, think it is. Only, uh, well, the FCC. I don't think they, they use- care anymore. Right. Yeah, they used to care. They
1: got bigger fish to fry.
0: They sure. Sh- well, I guess they do. Yeah.
1: Maybe we'll get Rose, uh Canarbal wagon rolling out in here. <laughs> big football, big good, good guy, old buddy of mine. All right, here's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna get the ball rolling with some Cubs talk. Uh, lineups are in. We'll have those momentarily. So, the Cubs continue
0: winning. Uh, they know they're going to the playoffs. They just don't know what else they're doing.
1: A little bookkeeping here. Cubs' magic number is two. It was three. Cubs uh, picked up a another. Uh, they're always exciting this time of year. Cubs beat the Cardinals eight to four. Remain one game in front of the Brewers. So, the magic number sliced down to two. Any combination of Cubs' victories... Or uh, Brewer defeats uh, that add up to two, which means uh, <laughs> means exactly what I just said. You can figure that out on your own. Kyle Hendricks with a big, big day. Oh, he was good. Let's go to a uh, couple little uh, sound bites of the game itself. All these, uh, well, these next two, courtesy of ABC7, bottom of the fourth, Cubs already up two to nothing. Bryant's at the plate, and uh, all of a sudden, Len Casper and JD Jimmy Deshays start saying, "Boy, you know, it's been a while. Look, it's been a while since uh, Bryant's unloaded." i have seen him strike out
3: more often than usual since returning from the DL. What? Yeah, he's still not. Doing, you know, he was getting his hits early on, but still, you know, not really driving the ball, not doing typical Chris Bryant damage. A lot, a lot more swings
1: and misses than we're used to. Still not there.
4: High fly ball to center, and it is gone. (laughs) That's there. That one was there. (laughs) Big time. Three
0: nothing. Oh, how sweet did that feel for Chris Bryant? Uh, A much-needed home run for Bryant, especially after his first at bat. His first at bat was brutal.
1: Plus the extent and the extension of the swing and miss and the shoulder uh, you could see was torqued which is what caused all the problems and uh you know most likely and people tell me he you know he's got a tear in there they'll repair that in the winter
0: hopefully he'll be back to the old powerful self as soon as he hit it I said you know what he's dealing with the shoulder problem but he's not going to miss a pitch like that and back, 72 hour curveball about yeah, knee high
1: yeah and uh, back from the hit by pitch on the uh, wrist he says uh, after the game yesterday, I'm surprised it wasn't broken. I've never been hit like that before, even, I guess, when he got hit in the head. Jeez. He said that was unlike anything I've ever had. So you got two out in the uh, uh, top of the ninth inning. Let's go back to Lennon J.D. Wrap it up for us. Swing and a miss. Cubs win
0: win their 94th game of the year the lead is a game and a half the magic number down to two Kyle Hendricks on a day where he was
3: needed to pitch innings delivers eight solid innings for Kyle today allows two runs Cubs scored early. They continued to press their case. They scored in five of the eight innings they came to bat today. Cardinals got to within four to two, but the Cubs then opened it up. And so,
0: your move, Milwaukee Brewers. Well, the Brewers uh, did move last night, Fred. Yeah, they did. They were trailing. They tied it. Uh, it But they gave up three runs in the first inning. It was
1: three nothing Tigers in the first. And then they got three in the bottom of the first. It was five to five going into the bottom of the eighth inning. And uh, no sound bites here, no clips. But Braun, well, they were.
0: It was five three, and then Josh Hader gave up a two run homer. Yes, he did. I'm yeah. sorry, Hader. has been. He came in. They thought that they'd get a nice inning yeah. out of Hader. He gave up a two run homer. Mm. They pulled him right after that. Yep. And Soria came in, and then they <laughs> they ended up going to uh, the bottom of the eighth inning. And uh, yeah, one of the weirder home runs oh. you'll ever see.
1: Don't be a hater. <laughs> so uh, Braun comes up to the plate, and. At noon, when we're off the air, or uh, if you can keep listening and... uh, During a commercial break. Just uh, pull up Braun home run, bottom of the eighth, put the Brewers up to stay, six to five. It defied logic. Fred, you saw it. You ever seen anything like
0: that? No, I've seen the ball go off a glove and just over the fence. Right, the right fielder right.
1: for Detroit, backpedal Castellanos.
0: He plays yeah. 30s all over the place. I saw a ball go off a guy's head and over the fence. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jose Canseco. Right. But I've never seen a ball go off a glove, right. roll along the fence for a little while, and decide to fall in for a home run. Anecdotally,
1: uh, EO 11 and I estimated uh, how far do you think that... So, uh, The ball's in the glove of Castellanos. He then Set of backs in, and you see it all the time. He collides then back the glove a little bit yeah. with the wall, which pops it out. Okay, it could fall either over the wall or it could fall in front and be in play and live. No, it did neither of those. If you can picture the fence uh, most of the way around at uh, Miller Park, it's sort of fat on the top, about maybe what, six, seven, eight inches yeah. wide, padded and, and painted yellow. And the yellow has nothing to do with that's a home run. That's a that, that's an urban legend. That's just to give you contrast from the stands where the wall ends in the back wall behind a moat. Mm-hmm. You know, so it starts rolling out of the glove. It starts rolling along the top of the squared off cushioned uh, wall and the yellow, and it. Ro- Eric, how far did we
2: estimate? Do you estimate that ball rolled about two, three inches before it fell back for a home run? No, I would say I would say a good two feet, yes. like a good twenty-four inches. It rolled yes. across yeah. on top of the fence. You couldn't roll the ball by hand, before, you know, before the game. Goof around. hey,
1: let's play a game. You get all your teammates out. Okay, whoever can roll the ball the farthest, you know, gets free dinner tonight or whatever. You couldn't do that and roll the ball two feet like it did.
0: Unbelievable. Yeah, that was bottom eight. They get the uh the home run mm-hmm. and hang on and get the six-five win over yeah. the tigers. Right. And uh so as a result, they are still they are still just one game back of the Cubs with two games remaining. Three three two three
1: seven seven six. Our uh Twitter poll uh live right now. A play, this is multiple choice. Vote ideas, pin 1,000. A playoff race. They used to call it a pennant race mm-hmm. back when, uh, you know, uh, when I was a, a young lad. Back, back when
0: in, they didn't have divisions.
1: Yeah, back in the early 20s yeah. when I started following baseball and watching the babe hit the home runs. You know, they used to call it a pennant race, which meant you had the best record in your league. You got a big flag to raise up the pennant, and then you'd go to the World Series. So we'll uh, take liberty now. And uh, uh, simply call it a playoff race. The a playoff race is A, B, or C. A, fun. Oh, it's fun. B, <laughs> it's nerve wracking. Or C for all you haters, H A D E R out there. It's boring. So vote now at ESPN one thousand or three three two three seven seven six. So it's fun. It's nerve wracking. Some people, I know they're going to say it's boring.
0: I, but- think I think they're they're fun mm-hmm. if your team's not involved in it. Oh, good point. <laughs> you know because if your that's, team's involved in it, that's then excellent. To me, it's yeah. it's nerve wracking.
1: Oh, great! When to sit back and watch these six teams a uh, battle for double wild card. Don't get me started on double wild card, but anyway, unless it's your team that gets in because of it, like you were just saying.
0: Wait till they add a third team. <laughs> oh no! Yeah.
1: So. Why was it, as uh, mentioned there, uh, why was it such a big deal for Kyle Hendricks to go eight innings? And then they brought in uh, De La Rosa. Well, here's why. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of fans, oh, boy, you know, who cares about resting the, the bullpen? Okay, Wednesday and Thursday, yesterday was Friday for all you out there. Wednesday and Thursday, C. pitched both days. Bullpen. Edwards pitch both days, and Chavez pitch both days. So, what you don't want to do or opt to do, ever, though late in the year, playoff hunt, you've, you've got to stretch. But you never want to put a bullpen guy in three days in a row, right? Never. You look what happened to Amaro when they did that back in whatever June fourth or whatever it was. So, cease check Edwards and Chavez. Those are your seventh, eighth, and ninth inning guys now for the Cubs. Yep. It used to should have well before injuries and every team has injuries. Don't get me wrong. Morrow was the ninth inning guy, and Stropey had become uh, the uh, de facto or bona fide eighth inning guy. Right. Which means your C. Sharks and your Edwards and your Chavez were supposed to be like your sixth and seventh inning guys. Now they're the eighth and ninth inning guys. Wilson has had some ups and downs, but you got to count on him. But the point is, this guy yesterday, Kyle Hendricks, says, I'm going eight innings. And he went the eight innings, and uh, he sucked up all those innings from the bullpen. A quick flashback, Fred. Tuesday night, I was at the game. Uh-huh. Tuesday night, they got hammer jacked the Cubs, and they brought in seven relievers. Yeah, I know. And I saw
0: he- Joe stroll out there a bunch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he just kept going. I
1: was there. That was a good time to, like, take a snooze or go to the bathroom. Uh-huh. You go to the bathroom again? Well, it's third pitcher they've used this inning. And I was taught once you turn this age, you go to the bathroom whenever you have a chance. So... Well, usually
0: after a couple pitchers, you got to go to the bathroom.
1: Pitchers of beer? Yeah. Or, or pitching changes. I got you. Oh, that Either one. See? You were ahead of me. That was good. As always. <laughs> as usual. So Tuesday, here's what we're leading up to. Kinzer pitches. And that was when Montgomery won another just four innings. By
0: the way... He's getting ready to go in your biggest yeah. game tomorrow, baby. Better
1: hope this thing gets wrapped up. The Cubs win and the Brew Crew loses today, because because
0: Mike uh, Montgomery
1: Monty has not exactly. Of course, it's all hands on deck on Sunday. Yeah. So you, anyone in there? That's... Fergie's
0: gonna. Fergie will be in uniform.
1: <laughs> oh, I thought you meant the Fergie from England. Okay. No, no, no. Fergie Jenkins. Is, is that where she was from? England. Who was it? no, she's a spice girl. I don't know, never. I know, no, no,
0: name. no. She's in um, the redhead, yeah.
2: She was part of Outcast
0: Fergie. Was she Outcast and then she's in the other group now with Will I Am and all that stuff, right? That's
2: that's uh, well, Andre 3000 Black, Black Eyed but, Peas. You're right, not Black Eye Wasn't there a yes. Fergie like
1: 25 years ago in England? Yeah, yeah that Is was this a different the same one, same
2: one, no, different one,
0: but
1: not Jenkins.
0: I think you got to have red hair to be a Fergie.
1: So Montgomery. He gets hammered, jacked in four innings Tuesday night. In comes Kinsler, Rosario, Maples, Mills, De La Rosa, a guy named Alan Webster they picked up about three days ago, and Norwood throwing a hundred and uh, not knowing where it's going. Yeah. So I heard all day Wednesday on this station. Uh huh. P one whatever. I'm first position. I know. <laughs> all day Wednesday. What's wrong with Joe Madden? Why did he not bring in c Why Why did he not bring in the Chavez, Edwards, Wilson? Well, you know why? Because they were dead and they had no chance and they were losing four to nothing, five to nothing. Yeah. And people were saying, Wednesday, that idiot Madden on Tuesday night. How? Ca-? Well, here's why. Because he ends up using Edwards, C-Shack, Chavez Wednesday and Thursday in victories. Right. Had he used them Tuesday, maybe they're not as strong, maybe they're not as sharp, maybe he can't even bring them in because they got their little tired.
0: It's unbelievable. He ran people out there because he didn't want to use his guys, right. but he wanted to, he knew that what he had out there wasn't any good, and he wanted to keep the game within reach in case they were going to have some kind of, in case they were going to have some kind of rally. Right, he brought everyone in but Chetwood, right. of course,
1: but you know... Think a little bit before you... Is he still you... in uniform? You know, I believe. <laughs> Think a little bit before you start just making stupid statements. Wednesday, all day Wednesday. How come Joe didn't use the good guys trailing six to nothing? Moronic. It was
0: moronic. They answered it right there. Trailing six it. nothing. Well, yeah. yeah. And then he uses those guys Wednesday and Thursday, WW. But listen, and then... maybe if they would have shown some kind of offense, made it 6-3 or 6-4. Well, yeah. Then maybe you bring one of those guys in. Otherwise, Norwood, get up. And then he doesn't have to use anyone yesterday because Hendricks
1: goes eight. Let's go to the phones. Oh, vote right now! Playoff race: fun, nerve-wracking, or boring? We'll get the results next from EO Eleven. I was just Eric. I was just going to, going to recall that I wanted to thank Fred Hubner for making
0: his day.
2: And then. Caller hung up. I guess he was tired of listening to Murph babbling. (laughs) I'll tell his story because I really liked it. It was a couple weeks ago. He said he called into the show and we ran out of time to not get to him. Mm. And Fred was nice enough to grab the phone and just say, we did not have time. Thank you. And he was actually in the hospital. On that day, and cool. he said it really made his day, Fred, that you were willing to give him 10, 15 seconds oh, just to cool. acknowledge him.
0: Well, you know, once in a while. You're you try to be nice to people once in a while. Right. Yeah. It works.
1: Let's light the lines up like Christmas trees. We won't get you in the air, but Fred will talk to you <laughs> off, the air. off the air. Right.
2: <laughs> you know, I've talked to people off the yeah, air. Yeah, you do before, that a lot as well. But they never call Yeah, never yeah I don't know. Maybe Fred has got that tender <laughs> touch. <laughs> <laughs> he was a daughter's grove guy, so you know. He did mention that yeah. you're a daughter's grove guy uh-huh. as well. Yeah, or maybe it was me, and I thought I was Fred. It
0: might have been huh? yesterday. Someone called me Jay Hood. I heard that. Yeah, so and you said,
1: "Well, you know what? Under the hood, every break we come back. They think it's hood. It's under the hood. Uh huh. Not yeah. under the Fred. <laughs> no. Uh huh. I grew up in Cicero. There's not too much I believe in unless I see it. Let's go to like, Craig and Park Ridge. Hey, Craig.
5: Hi, uh, Murph and Fred. I just want to say that people don't learn. This guy the other night, who I'm calling Bartman Jr., if you sit in the front row of any major league game, let alone one with such gravity as the other night, and you don't realize that you can affect the game... All right, Craig, let me interrupt you.
1: Let me interrupt you because you're you're 99.9% right. But let's just say this. What if that guy... Where's my one... Where's my what if bell? Hang on a second here. All right, I'm sorry. Hang on, Craig. What? All right. What if, what if? that guy had never been to a ball game in his life and. A customer brought him to the game because he's a big client. And the guy's sitting there. He doesn't know a football from a baseball. I'm just asking you this, Craig, because I'm with you. Don't get me wrong. And the guy doesn't know if a baseball's full of feathers or pumped up with air like a football. And here comes a ball and he reaches out. I blame the, the teams for not pa- Fred, this was 20 years ago I gave you this idea, uh-huh. Remember... Before every game, Craig, if you're sitting in the front row, the team they should have an v- a usher come by and hand you a little card, a little index card printed on there. Moron, you're in the front row, back away for a foul ball, unless... It's they, might these... have, they might have
0: skipped him, though, because he was behind the screen.
1: Well, there's an opening there. That was the other dilemma. Did you see, Craig, the layout of that screen? Yes. Tell uh, me Fred... about it. Explain it to everyone, then. It's really bizarre. Go. No, I was going to say... Okay, thanks, Craig. Appreciate your call. If you knew the layout of the screen, it would make a little difference. That's why Craig is not on the phone right now, okay? Because it's irritated me all week also. They left the existing screen from the last 20 years, okay? That ends at both on-deck circles. Then, per new league edict, uh, they have extended new screening or existing screening past the edges far end of each dugout what the cubs did and i don't think the other teams have they put the new screen about two three feet behind the old screen and then continued it down the foul lines which means there's room there to uh, like hand a sandwich to the guy in the index circle if mm-hmm. you want from the seats uh get an autograph if you need one that bad you know during the between innings so it was a one-in-a-million quirk that that ball came down where the fielder could reach in. Now, everyone who's a baseball fan should know, Sox fan, Cubs fan, back away if your own team is reaching in. Rulebook states, ball in the stands, free for all, for everybody. No more rules, right? No holes barred. If the other team reaches in, yeah, you, you know, you push their arm, you grab the ball, you accidentally elbow them into chops. hmm if you've never been, maybe this, I don't know. What if this guy's never been to a game? And no one handed him the card that says, if you're in the front row, you can affect the play. So I don't know how bad I was upset that the guy back, Bartman, did what he did because he seemed like a knowledgeable fan. The headphones, I don't think, helped him because he was oblivious right. to where he was. Do we have to talk about this anymore? Didn't this happen like early in the week? Yeah, I didn't talk about it. No more on the EO11, great phone screener, you know, but no more of those, okay? Three three two three seven seven six. All right, Eric, what do the fans say? A playoff race. Vote. Is it fun, nerve wracking, or boring? Fred raised a great point. It depends, you know, on whose ox is being gored, right? If your team is in the race or not, I got to think the fans are going to say nerve wracking. I would think nerve is the leader. Yeah, but then again, I
0: think Sylvie tried to vote like a dozen times. They only allowed him to vote once. Why? What would he say? He'd say nerve wracking.
1: It is fun, but it's it's fun if it's, you win. It's less fun when your right.
0: team's involved. If you're in the pennant race and you don't win it, <laughs> the pennant race <laughs> was no fun. It's one you try to forget. What what do we have there? Was it the '69 pennant race any fun? Yeah, until about for the first.
2: Yeah. yeah, for the Mets, right. <laughs> Only 4% of the voters said it's boring.
1: Wait a minute. Wait a minute.
2: And I knew that was going to happen. How much did we hear about two winters ago? Baseball is so boring. Not petting races, though. I was going to say, not the last month of baseball. That's when things get real. Um, Mm -hmm. 41% of the voters say it's fun, and 55% say it's nerve-wracking.
1: Well... 41%, Forty-one percent. Uh, those were uh, the White Sox fans, uh, which is fine because they're having fun thinking that this thing's going to disintegrate on the north side. And uh, it won't
0: be that much fun when a White Sox are in it in a couple of years. Should be races or races. Pen races are no fun unless you you win it. You know, mm-hmm. kind of like. Uh, well, there, w- there really weren't many teams. The, the Indians won it easily. The Red Sox won theirs re- relatively easily. The Braves won. They have a nine-game lead, so there really wasn't a pennant race for those for those teams.
1: I say this in not a malicious way, but the Sox have now worked their way up to third in the draft uh, sequence right. for next year, which is you know, hey, better than sixth,
0: right? Yeah, unless they draft a pitcher and then rush him up to the big leagues like they did with Rodon and Fulmer. Do you know that Fulmer? The year that they drafted Fulmer, eighth uh, Walker Bueller went twenty fourth. Mm. Same team. They both pitched for Vanderbilt. Mm. You know what the Dodgers did? They let Walker Bueller uh, develop down in the minor leagues, mm. and then all of a sudden he's a stud pitcher, and you'll see him in the postseason, maybe.
1: That's that's called uh, scouting and player development. Yeah. Speaking of which, not to veer away, but does anyone know the name Jason McLeod? Comes- I know it. He's been in in the news this week. He's the Cubs director, right, of scouting. That would be amateur scouting, you know, high school, college, not pro scouting. He's director of scouting and player development. Player development means working with your players in the minor leagues that they develop. Uh Other teams want him as the GM. Go, take him, take him. You know what probably is going on right now? Theo's going to be doing the old trick. Minnesota's going to call Theo and the twins. You know what? We're interested in Jason McLeod. Can you tell me about him? He's the best, man. Oh, we would hate to lose him. But uh, we can't. You know, if it's a promotion, by goodness, you're getting a winner. And you know what Theo's really thinking? Please take this guy. Seven years or six he's been of regime. Seven years, six years. Jason McLeod, he's drafted nobody other than the first round picks who are all faltering this year. Uh, Bryant due to injuries. And the other three guys, uh, Happer, Schwarber, and Elmore. Elmore has had a couple of oppo big hits couple the last of couple of days. But their numbers are all down dramatically.
0: I think yesterday was his first hit with the bases loaded this year.
1: Really? But their numbers are all down big time from their career averages. Jason McLeod has scouted Garbage. And he's developed nothing. So, yeah. Take him, Minnesota.
0: Please. Yeah, I'm looking at the the lineup today. Lineups are in. And uh, let's see. Let's run it down real quick. Daniel Murphy at second base, uh, free agent signing. Ben Zobris, right field, free agent signing. Rizzo, first base, that was a trade. Uh, Baez, shortstop, he's hitting fourth. Hendry guy. Uh, Jason Hayward, was a free agent, center field. Mm -hmm. Chris Bryant, draft, third base. He is playing third. Uh, No David Bode in the lineup today. Ian Happ is in left, hitting seventh. Victor Caratini is your catcher. Draft trade. And Cole Hamels, uh, acquired during the season, a pitcher. People think, that
1: people think that they want Jason McLeod, the Cubs director of scouting and the player development. Great. No Contreras. No. Nope. I told you. He's been he's been terrible. If there's a word that's worse than terrible, yeah. that's what he's been. He's been
0: so bad at the plate. He
1: never hits the ball hard. No. I know Exit Velo, a lot of people. EO 11, during the break. Can you look up? Uh, I don't know how to... Exit how hard the ball is hit. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah, Heck with exit velo. Of how hard the ball is hit, he's got to be last in all of baseball, Contreras. When he does hit it, it's a two-hopper, chopper, two-hopper to the pitcher. Yeah. Maybe. And on the other side, the flip side, the antithesis, if you will... Kyle Hendricks back to being the guy that has the least hard hits exit velo in baseball. He saved the day. We'll get back on Cubs Talk. Bears Talk at 10 o'clock. We'll visit with uh, one of the top guys covering the Bears. That's uh, Patrick Finley from the Sun-Times. Jesse at 11, a little bit before Cubs at noon. Uh, So we'll step aside back in a flash. Cubs Talk continues. Check in at three one two three three two three seven seven six. We have a lot of the Twitter poll questions active. Vote right now at ESPN one thousand. Big finish. Crank it up, Dio. I know we're late. Go ahead. Busy day. Beautiful day. Glad you're with us. I'm Mike Murphy. He's Fred Hubner. Bears talking about a half hour. Patrick Finley checks in, the Bears guy at the Sun Times. Jesse Rogers, usually at ten a.m., he'll be a eleven. It's
0: one, it's one more than ten. It's funny when uh, you know people that didn't think much of the Bears season this year. They mm. thought seven and nine, eight and eight. New head coach, new you know quarterback, learning a system and that. Yeah. But you win your first two games, all of a sudden, you know people are thinking 10, 11, Oh, you, they were going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, yeah, people got just, you know, you've got to, I understand people are excited, Bears fans, but you got to take everything, you know, in stride. I mean, if they lose this game today, uh, this week to Tampa Bay, they're two and two. It's not the end of the world. Uh, they should win. They've covered actually all but three of the last 14 games at Soldier Field. The last 14 games. But Tampa actually has got a really good offense. The Bears have some defensive problems right now at cornerback. So it's not going to be an easy game with, um, you know, Fitzpatrick coming to town tomorrow.
1: Sometime, Fred, between now and noon on that topic, we're going to talk uh, briefly about NFL tie games and the standings. Uh, it, it was a week and a half ago now, or, you know, two weeks, I should say. Right. Minnesota-Green Bay tied. Sort of interesting to look at how the standings could end up after 16 games. Uh, But we need a refresher course. I did. I shouldn't say everybody, but a little refresher course on how the tied games are factored in. And what would happen if Minnesota and Green Bay, later in their Game 2 this year, tie again? All right? Okay.
0: they are never going
1: to tie? I didn't say they
0: would. They could.
1: That's right. Do I have to get the what if, Bell, out again? Now, you mentioned playoffs there, Fred, and, and Bears. and uh, Let's revisit. Uh, EO11, last week we had a Twitter poll, which for the first time I believe ever, that at least that I recall, Fred, it, it the 50-50, it was exactly the old teeter-totter, uh-huh. half and half. The question, now this again, was a week ago uh, when the uh, Bears were 1-1 one and one right. heading into the Arizona Cardinal game, of course. Simple question, you know, are the Bears a playoff team, yes or no? Eric, do uh, you recall what the vote was last week? It was. Like you said, it
2: was exactly 50-50 last week. How often does that usually happen? Super rare. Especially we had like a, like over like 600 votes on that and it was 50-50. That, that doesn't happen very often at all. Okay. So we also said, let's sort of play a little fun thing
1: here and do it every week, right? right. Just to see how the results Change and vacillate up and down, as Fred was mentioning. <laughs> what did you say? If they lose today,
0: everything will be uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Everything will be you well, know. people will start freaking out. I mean, you know, oh, they suck, they can't beat the Tampa Bay with this, you know, oh. get, get a new quarterback, play play, Chase Daniels. You mean people will curb their enthusiasm? Daniel. Yeah, all right, that too.
1: How's the vote is rolling? Is coming back? I think it is. Yeah, I think uh, so too. The best. Well, the Larry Sanders show was the best but no one ever saw it so <laughs> uh what all right uh, Eric, uh bears uh are they a playoff team yes or no uh current uh, update from you it, it was 50-50 last week uh want to take a guess your friend 99
2: to uh,
0: 1 i'm going to say yeah. i'm, I'm going to say it's uh, 60-40 that they're a playoff team
2: all right Eric. Pretty close, Fred. It's 58-42 saying, yes, they are okay. a playoff team this week. There you go. All right.
1: Jesse Rogers earlier this week had some interesting numbers.
2: He always does. Um, oh, yes, and,
1: he
0: and, does. And also, kudos to Jesse. He tracked down um, he, and had a chance to uh, talk with Addison Russell. No. Has Addis- he gotten away in a foul ball? No. Oh. Screw him. Uh, Addison Russell's uh, uh, ex-wife. Yes. And he did he had a nice article. Go her to uh, ESPN.com. Yeah. You can check that out. He had a nice article yesterday with her.
1: Let's take a quick listen. Here's Jesse earlier this week. He's on uh, virtually every show uh, during our uh, Monday through Fridays. He'll be on with us at 11, usually 10. Cubs have a pushed-up game to noon, probably, what, network TV, which means the Joe Madden press conference uh, would be in the window of 10. So, anyway, Jesse at 11. Uh, but here's Jesse during the week on Jose Quintana, 633
5: OPS against, second time through the order. He goes from 633 to exactly 933, a 300-point OPS difference. Joe should be in jail if he doesn't pull him at that point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Josh, you can't sell your books if your guy's in jail. Or maybe... That's the way to sell the books.
1: Do they still have the jail out uh, below the center field bleachers for, uh, well, I shouldn't bring this up. this the, They used to have one out there for rowdy fans. They didn't have it the, when we were the bleacher bums were there. They built it in the 80s. They had one at Old Comiskey Park, I think, okay. too. Uh, so would Joe go all the way around, like, under the stands
0: to that jail in center maybe field? Maybe through the bullpen. Oh,
1: when he walked out there, yeah, yeah.
0: Probably through the bullpen. Okay.
1: Jose Quintana. Let me just say this. I have no dislike for Jose Quintana. I have no hatred for him. I'm not angry with the fact that he will really win a big game for you, if ever. Mm -hmm. I have no problem with the fact that even though the numbers don't show it, he's a 500 pitcher. I don't have any problem with the fact that he's not an innings eater. I have no problem with any of that. I have a problem with the guy that traded two top prospects for him. You see... There's an old expression, the tough line guy. You know, never, nothing ever, he never gets any nothing criticism. Yeah. yeah, right off. Yeah. does stick to him. Hello? Let me just suggest this. Everyone that wants to jump on Quintana, and this is not Jesse. Jesse's stating the, the facts, and he's saying Joe had no choice. Everyone that criticizes Quintana should be criticizing the guy that made the trade. Quintana is Quintana. He's the guy that the White Sox, I'm guessing, knew exactly what they were getting rid of. A 500 guy right. that's a number four on a good team. Not a number one or a number two or a number three. He's a one or two or three on a, you know... Uh, A sub-500 team, fine. That's why you're sub-500. But for people to continue to to, uh, dissect everything that's wrong with this guy, that's who he is.
0: Well, see, here's what they thought they were getting. They thought they were getting an innings, innings eater. And because he had gone the last, let's see, from 2013 on, 200, 200, 206, 208, 188. He's at 169. Right now, Uh, that'll be the way he ends because he's not scheduled to pitch uh, the next two days, Um, and he's got just one fewer start. So I guess uh, nine. He's only about ten innings away from what he was the year before, but twenty innings away. And I think part of that has to do with the way Joe pulls him, the way the way Joe manages some of his starting pitchers.
1: But a lot of times, this because
0: even Hendricks just hit one ninety nine yesterday.
1: But the pitch, see, you're right. But Quintana's pitch count is always, not always, almost always near like 90, 92, 94 in the fifth inning. And let's listen to Jet repeat that.
5: 6.33 OPS against, second time through the order. He goes from 6.33 to exactly 9.33, a 300-point wow. OPS difference. Joe should be in jail if he doesn't pull him at that point.
1: <laughs> now you say what the numbers that Fred, you recited, are of course correct. But how do you know that those numbers were because earlier in his cub career or his White Sox career, they left him in longer because they gave threw fewer pitches. They, well, they had no one else in the bullpen. And they said, Well, let him go out for the sixth or the seventh and maybe the disastrous results still occurred late. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that maybe there was no pressure. He felt, okay I'm pitching in this game means nothing, you know, and no disrespect. But the facts were: in a lot of those socks years were not the best years, and there's no pressure, and uh, that's the other things. Stats don't indicate pressure, so you know I don't like to hear people criticizing Quintana. If he dogs it, fine. If he's not running something out, fine. If he's whatever, fine. But he's just not good to to be anything but what he is. So. No one ever wants to see he's the tough-line man. And Theo wins the World Series in 16, and I'll never forget it. And it was wonderful, and I have my T-shirt, I can die happy now that Cubs won the World Series. But don't just hammer the Kid Quintana because of who they gave up. He, so, you know, oh, they gave up so much. Sort of like
0: Trubisky in uh-huh. a funny way. In a funny way. See, if you're going pluses and minuses, too, with Theo, yeah. when the season started, okay... Theo had gotten Quintana last year. He goes on out and gets you Darvish and Tyler Chatwood. Well, those, none of those three have really worked out that well. But during the season, he gets Daniel Murphy, Cole Hamels. Huh. You know, so things work out. So his in his in season pickups this year have been really good. His off season pickups yeah. not so hot.
1: You're right, Fred. You had the best July you've ever seen. Yeah. All of a sudden, there's Hamills. All of a sudden, there's Murphy. All of a sudden, there's Shavits out there. All of a sudden, he's got bullpen guys that are long guys that at least can fill in on a game like uh, Tuesday when they're getting errors pinned back. But, see, he can outspend his mistakes, Theo, because he's got unlimited dough. If you're a team like the Twins and you make those mistakes as the GM, the uh, Darvish mistake, the Chatwood mistake... Morrow, was that a mistake or not? He pitched seven games for oh, right. I forgot series. Morrow, yeah. You know, you, then you know what? You get fired. Yeah. Because you don't have money from ownership if you're the Twins GM to all of a sudden say, well, you know what? I'll just reach into your drawer here and get $6 million for the rest of the year for Hamels and $3 million for the last uh, month and a half, two months here of uh, Murphy. Right. You don't have that money laying in there.
2: Yeah, but what do I know? I'm just a fan. What do I know? Contreras, did we fight is there a way to pull up uh, I oh. do. Okay, I'm glad you asked. I was gonna bring you up. So I found his rankings of his exit Contreras' exit velocity. Let's just recap quick. We were saying Contreras
1: never hits the ball hard anymore. We know that they rank hard hit balls to the least
2: hard hit balls. Exit Velo. Uh where's Contreras? He is the ninety-sixth worst in the league. Out of five hundred? There are three Cubs players who are worse than him, actually. Uh, poop balls, right? Yes, who right. have the worst exit velocity? Three uh, well, ru- players uh, are worse. Uh, see, this is interesting. I'm going to go Zobrist. One of them. Nope, one of them hit a home run last night. Bryant is 58th on the list. Well, that's because he's hurt. Yep. Addison Russell is 70th I mean, well, say, it on the ru- list. Has to be Russell next. Okay. There's yeah. one player who's worse than Bryant, Al-Mora? and it's not. It's Almora. Yeah. Almora uh, was 56th worst in the league.
1: Now. And was then one and two? Was it not to have you reinvent the wheel? Don't pull it up again. Did you have the th- number one number two, hard hit balls? That's okay. Yeah, hold on.
2: Yeah, okay. The mm-hmm. hardest is Aaron Judge and Nelson Cruz are one and two. Okay.
1: Now, a lot of people used to poo poo this, and you know, old school people and that they go, ah, oh, what does that mean? Well, here's what it means: if you hit a ground ball or a line drive. And it's snagged by the shortstop in the hole. Or leaps and he gets to the left and he makes the catch. Well, if that ball might have been hit a little bit harder, guess what? It's in the outfield for a hit. Out. It's not anything to do with home runs. People, oh, the exit velo. Now, you know, those guys are home run hitters the first two.
0: Yeah, well, no. and Polka, too. Daniel Polka yeah. is pretty big in his.
1: Right. But the benefit is, is the grounders that didn't go through, are the liners that get through the gap that aren't caught. So Contreras, Elmora,
0: and Bryant is because, you know, the bum shoulder. Well, it's a shame that the Cub game today is on Fox because we won't get to see any more 4D replays. Yeah,
1: what was that all about? Oh They're trying to God. get me to buy a TV. What
0: a fancy, what a nice little toy. Well, I know what it is. They... Somebody, gave, somebody gave them a little toy this week, oh. and they used it to death.
1: Well, they spent money to buy a camera. Do you need a special camera? How do they? Okay, 4D is like better than HD. It's like the greatest. If you, I just go to like Best Buy and you can watch them. Yeah. <laughs> the 4D because they're too expensive right now. Wait a few years, we'll all have them. So did uh, they have to buy a, a
0: camera? See, those are 4K. This is 4D. Oh, I thought this was 4K. No, 4D. Oh, oh what's that? I, I
1: 4K is like yeah. the, the great new thing coming, yeah. right? Uh-huh. HD, Everybody's everybody knows 4K, it. Mom's, yeah. mom's got HD, yeah, right? Yeah. But she's got to go from channel 7 to like 187, and right. that's another thing. Yeah, this but is 4D. Do you know what that is? You're a technical wizard back there,
2: EO11. What's 4D? Do we know? I don't know. So, I've been, you, have you ever been to like those 4D theaters where it's a 3D movie, but then they have like the wind and like your seats move and stuff like that? Well, that happened to so That's in my house house four, last night, yes. but It might have been the, the second martini. So, Here, I'm, it, I'm guessing some sort of different dimension. I don't really here's know.
0: There's what it is 4D, okay, is this a is marketing like a term. Zone? It's a marketing term for an entertainment presentation system combining a 3D film with physical effects that occur in the theater in the synchronization of the film. Or uh, of a bends over a swing. I mean, I couldn't believe that they were throwing uh, that out there like a dozen times. So
1: I saw on HD the same thing. that it, I thought you had to have a 4D TV, but no, I was no. thinking 4K. Yeah,
0: you were thinking 4K. <sighs> yep, 4D. It, it, Today's game's on Fox. so
1: It, it gets a, a, a little uh, tiring, doesn't it? Where they have to keep one up. Can't I just watch the stinking ball game?
0: Well, and not in standard def, though. You want to see it in 3D. Oh. Well, right. <laughs> yes. That would help. Let's not go back to standard def.
1: Get the Rod Serling open from Twilight Zone during the break, all right? About the 4th of the 5th twi-
0: Even the Twilight Zone would be better in, th- in uh, 3D.
1: Back on the Cub Beat when we return. Uh, Bears Talk, top of the hour. Jesse at 11. Vote right now. We have a, uh, okay, vote right now. Here's one of the Twitter polls where I want to review when we get back. Cubs hitter that you trust the most in the clutch. Vote now. A, B, C, D. Rizzo, Baez, Zobrist, or Murphy. Vote right now. The Cub hitter you trust most in the clutch.
5: Don't touch that dial. It's ESPN 1000. To
1: to him, him. Colin! Howard. Welcome back, Murph and Fred. We are not uh, thunder and lightning, Fred, whatever the opposite of that is. Uh, we will aspire to be more thunder-y and lightning Well,
0: hopefully, uh, you know, Jordan Howard has a better game than he had last year against the Bucs. He had seven carries from nine yards, so we're hoping for a better one.
1: We'll visit with Patrick Finley in a few minutes and uh, get on the Bears beat. Jesse, in about an hour, Three three two three seven seven six. And let's see what the fans said. First, let's bring in Eric Ostrowski. And uh, uh, the question on board is uh, the Cubs hitter that you trust the most to come up in the clutch. No, there's no such thing as clutch hitting. All right. I won't argue, but let's just phrase it this way. There's two out in the ninth, the men on base, and you're down by one. Would you rather see Rizzo, Baez, Zobrist, or Murphy? That's a tough one.
0: It's a yeah. tough one. I
1: mean, they all have. A I know what sh- I want to see. They all have a chance to, you know, uh-huh. throw the big hit out there. I tell you what, that Murphy is amazing to watch. I'm not seeing. He, he
0: was yesterday, but he had been struggling. He's been struggling a lot the last couple of weeks. Yes.
1: I guess I meant in general, just right. as a, a hitter. Yeah. As the Hawk used to say, uh, that's a good piece of woodwork right there. That's what he? he did
0: yesterday, just just laying the bat out there to hit one to left.
1: Outside pitch, he'll drill it down the left field line. Yep. A pitch in the middle, he'll just serve it to left center or, or ground her up the middle, bring it inside, and he'll try to jack it. He'll try to lift it out of the
0: ballpark or... Pull
1: it down the line. Just
0: shows all you got to do is make contact. Just make yeah. contact. and, go and with, That's what Joe's always said. That Joe's got to love this guy because how many times did Joe just say you got to put bat on the ball? And go with the pitch. Yep.
1: Or the new phrase, uh, you know, use the whole field. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying Murphy's Tony Gwynn. I'm not saying his Boggs, Wade Boggs. No. But he's in that genre, thinks like them, right. and stays like you say, take what, what they give yeah. him. So, would you rather have up in the clutch uh, uh, Rizzo, Baez, Zobrist, or Murphy? I can't split them. Remember the old racetrack when both horses... Bill George F. Can't split them. Save your tickets. Uh Uh-huh. Save your tickets. I would... Zobrist and Murphy for
0: me. I I think I'm going to go Zobrist. It's Zobrist for me also.
2: What do the fans say, Eric? Uh, so with the bottom with 9% is Baez. Yep. In third with 11% is Murphy. Yeah. In second with 28% is Rizzo. So Zobris yeah. is the best with 52%.
1: Now we got the thinking fans out there today. Tell you what, we're up against the clock. Thunder and Lightning. Oh, man. Let's do a little more Thunder and Lightning on the way up. Howard and Cohen, now known as Thunder and Lightning. Bears caught next. Back in the flash, ESPN
4: 1000.
1: Uno, 2 one, two, tres, One, two, three. How many men does it take to block Khalil Mack, Murph and Fred, hour number two. I know, it's usually Jesse, Cubs start moved up. Uh, Jesse with Joe Madden uh, uh, this half hour and the rest of the uh, crew of uh, the press conference. We're going to get on the Bears beat. Let's take a look at our uh, next uh, uh, Bears, uh, well, uh, Murph and Fred uh, Twitter poll right here, which would be, uh, all right, A or B, vote now at ESPN 1000. Who will the Bears miss more this Sunday? You know, the injured guys. Who will the Bears miss more this Sunday? Wide receiver, rookie Anthony Miller, cornerback, veteran, girl number 20, Prince Amakamura, vote now. Who will the Bears miss more this Sunday, Anthony Miller or Prince? Prince? It's a Prince Spaghetti Day. No, that'd be Wednesday. Amakamura, taking a look at Patrick Finley's uh, piece today in the uh, Sun Times, talking about uh, Khalil Mack, Fred. He says, uh, <laughs> So, how many players does it really take
4: to block uh-huh.
1: outside linebacker Khalil Mack? That's a good question. How many? uh, He says, it's sort of like the old Tootsie Pop. Oh, I love those. Remember your truth? They were the best. Chew down in the middle to get to the chocolate. He says, how many? To block Khalil Mack? Well, it's sort of like the old Tootsie Roll Pop commercial. Is it one? Is
2: it two? Is it three? Mr. Turtle, how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop?
3: I never made it without biting. Ask Mr. Owl.
2: Mr. Owl. How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop? Let's find out.
4: One, two, three,
1: three. How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop? The world may never know.
0: Maybe Patrick Finley will know. That's the same question you can say. How many people does it take to Black Khalil Max? You may never know.
1: How many uh, radio hosts does it take to do the Murph and Fred show? Well, probably three. At least, yeah, at least. (laughs) But right now we are three, saying hello to Patrick Finley. This is Murph, that's Fred. Good morning, Patrick. Hey, guys, whoever pulled that clip, good work. That was awesome. No, you were awesome to bring it. I've been waiting for 25 years to play that, but I never had a reason. How how do you uh, think uh, the – if we did a Twitter poll, how many does it take – people might say four or five. Uh, Break it down a little bit and uh, what has been occurring uh, from the offense uh, front line and uh, the uh, blocker in the back. Uh, What are the teams doing? Patrick, in general uh, or specifically, to try to stop uh, the Mack attack. Uh,
3: they've been doing a couple of different things uh, against the Seahawks. The tight end would would chip away at him uh, before he could get to right tackle German uh, uh The other night uh, against the Cardinals, you know, the Cardinals were starting their backup right tackle, which is bad news against Khalil Mack. Hmm. So they helped with running backs. They helped with tight ends on that one play with the fumble. Uh, they helped with both of them. And it's funny when you're watching the film, he's just uh, hes surrounded by guys. And, you know, there are times this year where he's had a triple team and he's beat it. I mean, hes he is something else. But uh, But it just goes to show that, you know, he makes an impact whether he's the guy making the tackle or not. You know, when they put three guys on him, that's one of the reasons that Keem Hicks could break through and force the fumble against Sam Bradford on Sunday.
0: The first game, we really saw him on the left side. And after was it the second game he started switching and got gone to both sides? I don't remember him doing it much in the first game.
3: No, no, and some of that you have to think is just a familiarity with the playbook thing. Is you know, you know, they had eight days to get him ready for the opener. You probably don't want to right. teach him uh, uh, two two things. Uh, yeah, and, you know, they'll move him around a little bit. I still think he's unique in that he's most comfortable going up uh, against a right tackle. You know, typically the best uh, edge rushers in football are on the other side. But, uh, but my God, whatever he's doing, uh, let him do it. It seems to be working.
1: Patrick, we have a, a Twitter poll uh, uh, in action right now for the fans to vote on. Uh, it's been up for a couple hours, so we have a, a good cross-section. Two of the injured uh, Bears that will be out this week. Who will the Bears miss more uh, tomorrow, uh, A or B? Uh, rookie wide receiver Anthony Miller, uh, starting uh, veteran cornerback uh, Prince Amakamara. Uh, I guess this could, uh, you know, half empty, half full. What's more important, defense, offense, which makes it a sort of interesting question. Let's first bring in Erica
2: Strowski. EO, how's the voting uh, going uh, so far? Pretty uh, pretty lopsided. Eighty-six percent of the voters say Prince Amukamara is going to be more of a miss than yeah. Anthony Miller.
0: I would have to sure. agree, Fred. Uh, yep. Huh. Well, I, I do know one thing. Marcus Cooper's also out, and nobody's going to miss Marcus Cooper. No.
1: <laughs> Except the other yeah, team.
3: I, I, <laughs> I, I think the people are, are completely right. You know, you can find ways to patch a hole left by your third receiver. I mean, you know, we have Tariq Cohen. Trey Burton, you know maybe Kevin White, you know Josh Bellamy got mentioned by name yesterday as somebody who could play that slot position. Uh, you know uh, they'll all take a little bit of the load uh, to, to go ahead and, and replace Anthony Miller. I mean, with Prince, I mean you're going to have to start uh, Kevin Tolliver, who is an undrafted rookie, somebody who got picked on in the fourth quarter the other day once he came in, uh, and somebody who's got all the physical skills in the world, but uh, is just a kid. And you know the Bears are going to help him. They're going to they're going to flow some stuff in his direction uh, pre-snap to, to give him a little bit of buffer. But I mean that's a, that's a serious problem for them. And you know for a defense that's been so dominant, I, I think for the first time all year we're looking at a potential weak link, uh, at least for a week
0: here. You know, if if Tampa came in and didn't have uh, receiving options, then it wouldn't be as tough of a deal maybe having the safety help out uh, uh, Tolliver. But when you look at Tampa and they bring in uh, Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson and they also bring in uh, O.J. Thomas, it's tough. This is going to be one of the most complete offenses they've seen.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean they have three receivers and two tight ends that are worth being nervous about, and, uh, and absolutely zero running backs, which, which will be interesting because, you know, the way this Bears defense played or has played for you know seven out of the you know twelve quarters or eight out of the twelve quarters this year, uh, you don't want to be one sided or one dimensional right. in going up against the Bears. Uh, you know, Ryan of Thrown for 400 yards in each of the three games. That's fantastic, but they're going to have to run the football a little bit, otherwise you've got uh, Khalil Mack uh, and all those guys pinning their ears back, and and I don't think that's what they want to get into. I think you could argue, you know, uh, with Kevin Tolliver, that whoever was going to guard Mike Evans probably wasn't going to be taller than Mike Evans or jump, sure, or you jump higher than Mike Evans. Maybe there's a little diminishing returns in in terms of the. Uh, the loss of value there, if that makes sense. But uh, but it's still not a position they want to be in, especially because, you know, you know, they're not deep at that spot. And, you know, if he gets hurt, you know, Bryce Callahan may play a little bit outside, but if anybody else in that defensive backfield gets hurt, you know, now you're looking at Sherrick McManus having to play more than 10 snaps a game on defense, and I don't think that's uh, something anybody wants.
1: See, this is a major loss. Now, Amak Amara... Uh... You know he hasn't been the best. He's not the worst. He's he's more than serviceable. He's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. But you lose this guy, Fred Patrick, and all of a sudden, and Cooper was never in my eyes. And we I think all reiterate a viable, you know, big time uh, step in. And how many teams do have a viable big time? I don't know. You know, third corner that that they love. But with nickel or you know three uh, now. So Bryce Callahan. And then Kevin Tollier, Tollier, Tolliver. Tolliver, I'm sorry, fellas. Cornerback and nickel. Which position, this is a general question, Ben, which position is tougher? Obviously, cornerback because you're more out on the island, but nickel's no day at the beach either. Can can you sort of uh, put together, in my mind, you know, the nickel versus the corner and why Callahan or Tolliver would be one over the other, left or back and forth or what? Yeah, that's, I mean, that slot
3: corner position is a starting job. I mean, I mean, the Bears play him, you know, more often than not, uh, Bryce sure. Callahan, that is. So, so, you know, you can't look at that as, oh, this is the guy they bring in on third downs. So this guy, you know, is a big part of their defense. And, and, and what they like about him is, is, uh, is he is physical given, you know, despite his size. You know, they've rushed him a couple of times and they, it's usually with success. Um, and he, uh, you know, I think he's the best dunker on the team. Like he is, he is an unreal athlete. And hmm. I, I think you want him on the inside there. All right, you know, Tolliver, Tolliver. At least you can split him wide, and you don't really run the risk of him getting lost in the wash. You know, on, on crosses and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an issue for them. And 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 like I said, it, it's a pretty amazing given the last couple of years worth of Bears teams that you know it's week four, and the and the biggest thing to panic about that we can find right now is. Uh, is one of their corners, you know, that is, I guess, depending on where you come down on Trubisky.
0: Well, I was going to ask you about that because the questions continue with Trubisky and have you noticed Matt Nagy's attitude of answering these questions change at all this week?
3: You know, he, I I thought that on Monday he was as critical. And and I don't mean that in a negative way, but he was as specific in his criticism of Mitch as we'd seen him. Um, You know, he's, He's done a good job since he got here of preaching patience, of talking about how, you know, this thing's going to take a while and, and, you know, hey, it took Alex Smith two and a half years. Hey, let's reset our expectations for when, you know, Mitch is going to be really good. You know, just trying to be patient. But, you know there are throws that Mitch just needs to make, and there's really not much else you can say, and, and, and that's more or less what Nagy said. You know, you talked to Mark Helfrich this week, and he asked, you know, I asked what they have to do to get better in the red zone, and Helfrich said, you know, Mitch needs to make his layups. I, I mean, they're saying right now that the reason they're taking field goals from not touchdowns is because Mitch isn't doing the easy things well. Yeah. Um, that's that's specific, and and that's a, l- a little change in tone from what we had heard in the first couple of weeks. They expect him to be better this week. They pared down the playbook a little bit. You know, they're lucky that they're playing a team that gives up a lot of yards. A team that I think is the third worst red zone defense in football. Uh, there are ways. You know, you know, if he doesn't do it here, uh, then you're, you know, talking about him struggling against the Cardinals and against the. Uh, And against the Buccaneers, who are two of the worst five defenses in football statistically, Uh, and if he does that, that's uh, that's a bad sign, obviously.
1: Lost in the wash. Oh, I love football inside uh, jargon. Lost in the wash. That's our guy Patrick Philly. uh, Sometimes Patrick uh, uh, Fred. uh, When when your defensive backfield, we're just. I got to go back one more thing. uh, Losing a a Macamora. Uh, The old school would be well. You know what? One way to help out. Your defensive backs is to apply more pressure. You know, put the quarterback under pressure. Cap had a stat this week, uh, David Kaplan, Cap and Company, and I'm sure you have it in your uh, notes also, Patrick. Let's eavesdrop quick on the Bears blitzing and uh, see if this is something uh, that uh, Fangio might want to uh, dial up a little bit to help the defensive backfield. Cap Browns blitz 41 percent of the time. Cardinals blitz 38.2, Broncos, Patriots, Jets.
3: Lowest, Chicago Bears 10.4, 49ers 14.3, Bills 14.5, Colts 15.2, and Chiefs 15.2. There's your bottom and top. How about that? The Bears get all that pressure, and they only blitz 10% of the time. Unbelievable.
1: All right, hold that. Uh, perfect. The Bears get the pressure, even though they're only sending four men. At what point, Patrick, if ever, maybe not, will they have to start saying, you know, we got to send a fifth guy uh, to help out the defensive backfield, or just stick with the four men, are they're doing great.
3: Yeah, I mean, we just talked about the fact that one of their guys is getting three blockers You know, at certain points of the game. When that's happening, I don't think you need the blitz. I think right. that you can send four, and one of the big misconceptions about Vic, I think, is that is that, you know, what makes him a clever uh, defensive coordinator is his ability to mask uh, coverage in the defensive backfield. It's not necessarily his exotic blitzing. He's never really been a blitzer. Mm -hmm. And when you've got the horses that the Bears have, there's absolutely no reason to to do that other than just trying to mix it up. And, you know, I mean, I think McManus has come a couple of times. Callahan's come a couple of times. You know, know, they're, you know, they like... uh, Roquan Smith or Danny Trevathan every you know every once in a while as an added rusher, but I don't think that that's a big part of their identity, and I don't think it should be. You know uh, you know if you're bringing four on third down, those four might be Akeem Hicks, Leo Mack, hmm. Leonard Floyd, and Roy Robertson Harris. Yeah, I mean, man, I I like that. <laughs> I have absolutely no problem with any of those four guys. So I don't think they'll blitz to to uh, to try to make up for anything in the backfield. I just think that they'll try and just keep doing what they're doing right.
0: and uh you know four straight takeaways last week i mean it's working yeah and it's funny too because for years and for, for years we always say you want to be able to get to the quarterback with your front four or five or whatever it is now you know with the three four um you basically you got five guys and two outside linebackers and the three guys in the line then as soon as we do everybody says well maybe we should start blitzing more well, no, hold it. We finally accomplished what we wanted. Why are we going to start doing something we didn't want, you know, that we had to do before? Now you don't have right. to. And I, and I think right. we we still haven't seen the best also of Leonard Floyd. I think as we go on with that hand being a little more, you know, able to use uh, the hand he was able last week, I'm sure it'll be even more this week. I think we'll see even a better pass rush from those front five. Yeah,
3: yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think Floyd. Uh, has shown, uh, I mean, to me, he looked better last week than he did the week before, and and whenever this uh, club comes off, I mean, it's not going to be this week, but maybe after the bye, that'll help them. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's reason to think that this defense, if it stays healthy, is going to get, is only going to get better, and you know, when you talk, you know, I talk to people all the time, fans who want them to blitz, you know, when they're good, they they wonder why they're not blitzing more, when they're bad, they wonder why they're not blitzing more. I just wonder if that's a function of just rooting for a Tampa two team for years here sure. and uh, interesting and, and you know and I mean that was just. It was was a great scheme in its time, but it wasn't necessarily known for its aggression. And uh, Mm. I wonder if you just uh, always think the grass is greener on the other side.
1: Yeah, it was also a great scheme when you have all those defensive players uh, that could do it for Lovey. But, uh, you know, it never hurt to have the uh, middle linebacker be able to run like a deer and have pressure up front and a a safety that could, anyway. Well, it is funny, too,
0: because I commented about that to Eric Ostrowski when I first got here, and and even last night, Anthony Barr, who who's one of the better linebackers in the NFL the last couple of games for the Minnesota Vikings. He looks like the worst linebacker in the history of the game because he's chasing guys down the seam at either tight ends or backs out of the backfield. And, you know, hopefully the Bears see this and take advantage of it. But it's so weird with these offenses now that they it's really difficult being a good linebacker in this league right now.
3: Yeah, well, and say what you will about Leonard Floyd, but, you know, one of his skills is that, you know, when the Bears drafted him, they thought that he could be kind of the modern linebacker that could cover if he had to. This the guy who played middle linebacker. And, you know, kind of almost, a, I mean, he played middle linebacker in college, and yeah. they dropped him a lot. So so we won't get caught in the wash there. As for Barr, you know, I tend to think he's probably just had a bad couple of weeks, and I tend to think that Sean McVay is a giant reason sure. uh, why we're talking about him today. because. Yeah. Some of those those things he drew up the other night were
1: just unreal. Uh, There was a caught in the wash as opposed to lost in the wash. I like that, (laughs) (laughs) Patrick Finley. A couple of quickies springing in on your busy day. I always appreciate your personal time at the Sun-Times. Patrick writes today, the Bears are still trying to determine where Howard fits into their offense. He's averaged 2.5 yards per carry. In the last two games, after 5.5, not bad, against the Packers, Thunder and Lightning, some call them, uh, the two uh, with Cohen. W- what are the Bears, uh, what what are they going to try to do, as you uh, uh, question here with uh, Howard, do you think?
3: And, uh, you know, it, it's a line that they have to walk. And it's one of the things that Helfrich was talking about the other day, was that, you know, Jordan is a rhythm runner. Jordan is somebody who needs to get carries, but if it's not there... You can't force it. I mean, 14 of his 24 carries on Sunday went for two yards or fewer. Uh, Four of them went for negative yards. Uh, You know, at some point, you know, there's a feeling that maybe you're banging your head against the wall a little bit. Uh, I would keep, I would, I would keep turning around and handing it off. I, I, I think that he can be Trubisky's best friend. I mean, we have talked for three weeks now about, you know, Mitch's struggles and about, you know, what Mitch needs to get better and, you know, is Mitch moving in the right direction, all this stuff. But, you know, if he can turn around and hand it off for five yards a pop the way they did in the opener, uh, that, is a, uh, that is a very good start. Uh, you know, in terms of Tariq Cohen, I, I think the Bears are going to use him a little bit more as a receiver with Miller out. But, you know, I think it's apparent that they've been somewhat judicious with him. He's not like Taylor Gabriel, despite the fact that they're the exact same size. Uh, Gabriel's, you know, playing 90% of the snaps, and and Cohen is more of a gadget player at this
0: point. Who do you see with Miller out? Do you see Kevin White? I know they mentioned Josh Bellamy. Or do you see Javon Wims maybe dressing and actually being used a little bit?
3: I, I'm not sure that Wims will be used more than the other guys. Okay. I mean, remember... You know, if they thought that Wims was better than Kevin White, you know, Javon Wims would have been active on game day and Kevin White would have been inactive. It, you know, it's not a not a big deal. Yeah, but Javon, uh, Wims,
0: but Javon Wims wasn't a first-round pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, there's not – I mean
3: I – got, really, really, got to side. – got Are we really worried about that at this point? I, well, mean, I mean, Kevin White, they've, they've already not, decided that they weren't picking up his option. Uh-huh. You know, this is a guy who's had zero balls thrown in his direction over three games. He's played 28 snaps. You know you know I think we we blew past the uh the but what will this look like exit a long time ago with Kevin white no I mean I think there's a chance that i mean Kevin White could help them. I don't think that's unreal to, to think, uh but it's going to be in a limited capacity and 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 you know like Javon wins, neither guy can play special teams so you know, whoever you're keeping, you're keeping just to kind of, you know, be your fourth or fifth
0: receiver. I understand you're not going to pick up his fifth year, but I don't know why he's even here for this year. If you're not going to use uh, well, him at all. Well,
1: money either way.
0: <laughs> way. <I> mean, <laughs> Well, yeah. I guess, I mean, yeah, 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 but isn't there somebody else that you could actually bring in that you might be able to use? Well, no,
1: no, fellas, you know the old expression, the fifth wide receiver is always more popular than the fourth. <laughs>
4: Wide receiver.
1: (laughs) Hey, Patrick, uh, uh, real quick, you had a great uh, little anecdote today in the Sun-Times. The Bears lead the NFL with seven forced fumbles, okay, and then it gets better. Here's one idea the defensive coaches have implemented. The Bears have a football on a stand that they reposition every day around Hallis Hall, from the indoor Walter Payton Center to the hallways to the cafeteria. Defensive players are told to whack that ball. Whack it! As they uh, pass by (laughs) it, offensive players are supposed to grab it. It's almost like something from the lovey when they pick it up and have to run 90 yards in the heat uh, for whatever reason. I still don't know. It's magic, uh, says a joke to uh, Coach Nagy. It just kind of moves around, uh, you know, sort of like the scud missile. You never know tomorrow where it's going to be. It's crazy. Tell us about that. And uh, is that just for fun or to actually sort of uh, implant a thought?
3: Yeah, both probably. I, it, it is fun, you know, to hear Nagy talk about it. It's like uh, it's like asking somebody like, uh, you know, uh, who puts out the the. Uh, I'm going to be careful how I say this. It's like asking a parent about Santa Claus and about the inner workings. So, sure. Uh, you know, Nagy, Nagy kind of smiled and winked and uh, and said, "Who knows where it goes?" You know, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, it, it's just to keep it on the forefront of their minds. You know, I, I don't think Nagy believes that, you know, they're getting all these forced fumbles because of the football that's in the cafeteria. But uh-huh. <laughs> he, does that, he does believe that it's no accident, and, and, and that has everything to do with, with the mentality of trying to poke away at it. You know, uh, also, you know, guess what? When you have better players on defense, uh, you know, that helps too. You know, I think Khalil Mack's got uh, more to do with what they've uh, been able to do uh, turnover-wise than, uh, mm. than some moving football. But I'll tell you guys, I love stuff like that. Yeah. I get I get excited about stuff like that. Uh, guys at the office give me a hard time yeah. when I get excited no. about things like that. So so I, I'm unashamed. I think that that's pretty cool thing.
1: And some press box wag in the cafeteria said, that's not a football, that's your wife's meatloaf out there. <laughs> uh, let's quick bring in EO11, uh, our uh, Twitter poll question, Fred, and... Uh, uh Steve, uh Patrick. Patrick, I'm so sorry, Patrick, is uh if Chase Daniel indeed gives the Bears the best chance to win. See what I did there? If quarterback <laughs> Chase Daniel indeed gives the Bears the best chance to win, fans voted A, well then start Daniel. We need wins. Or no 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 no. Stick with Trubisky,
2: he's developing uh what did the fans say there, Eric. Three-fourths of the voters, 75% say no, let's stay with Trubisky to develop. Thank goodness, but the
1: other 25%, they're out there, Patrick!
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not
3: there yet. It, uh, I, you know, Whoa. you talking about the fifth receiver. Yeah. The fifth receiver is not, is not the most popular guy in town. The second, uh, the backup quarterback <laughs> is. <laughs> nice, and, uh, nicely done. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I don't think that that's a, uh, that's not a conversation the Bears should uh, no. have all year. right, uh, right. I, I agree. People are healthy. And, uh, and, and the best thing I can say about Chase Daniel is he attended America's uh, greatest uh, greatest public university, the University of Missouri. Uh, <laughs> even though he did not go to our famed journalism school, uh, he sure does have
1: good taste in college. Well, yeah, not everybody uh, could. Uh, some had to go to Carbondale.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, Patrick, always a pleasure. You do such a great job. We always appreciate your personal time. Sometimes check out Patrick Finley. Thanks a million, Patrick. Thank you, guys. Have a good See you Thanks, later. Patrick. See you later. They're
0: doing like a great the, job over there like between the, him and Adam yeah. Johns and Mark Potash.
1: I like the cut of his jib. <clears throat> when we return, Jesse, in a half hour, Fred, got some different topics we have to spread all fields. We
0: got to talk about Larry Markkinen, too.
1: Yeah. Uh, NFL tie games, how they affect the standings. Uh, Major League Baseball, the three things that must happen. For you to have a big year and go to the World Series—that's a possible topic. I changed my mind on shifts. Okay, a little bit, not a lot. Um, baseball, the wild card, and Rick Sutcliffe—he had a—he stole my. Oh, I've got a great idea. Sutcliffe has that new segment the other day. Oh, I got a great idea. It okay. was a super idea by Sut, Super Sut, Murph, and Fred back in a flash where he has PN one thousand.
0: Fred Huebner, back together on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN
1: Halfway home on a busy Saturday, Murph and Fred. Always uh, nine till noon. Unless we have some exciting uh, college basketball, which in the last few
0: weeks... But... We had college football and Notre Dame, God, a big one against uh, Stanford yeah. tonight. And we... leading you up to that, we've got a... we got we... that here, right? Yes, we do. We've got it for you right here. We also have Chicago's college tailgate from 3 until 5.30. Hood and Black and Abdallah running you through college football, getting you ready for the Irish and the Cardinal.
1: Jesse Rogers in a half hour back on the baseball... Now, Roquan Smith... Has he been missing a few tackles? You thought he maybe, he missed a
0: couple uh, two weeks ago. Should have maybe. Yeah, I
1: didn't, I didn't hear.
0: I didn't see last week that yeah. he missed a whole lot.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not worried. He's got speed. He's you know it's tough, uh, but I hate to see that. But you know, they they all miss a tack, Don't get me wrong. He I didn't. Understand. He haven't.
0: He hasn't missed any that cost him. That's that's exactly right. Right, he hasn't. Uh, He also hasn't uh, not turned around on a pass, and it's gone for a touchdown, Kyle Mm -hmm. Fuller. If I hear one more person say, well, the ball was perfectly thrown, what do you expect Fuller to do? Turn around would be a nice idea. He didn't have to worry about it last week, but the two weeks before that, turn around. Well, game one, Green Bay. Oh, my God. He didn't even have to. It was right there. All he had to do was look for the ball. Turn around, know the ball's there.
1: That's unbelievable. To this moment. And if... People, well, you know what? That's why he's a cornerback and not a wide receiver. I go, well, then he shouldn't even be a cornerback. You can't yeah. catch
0: a pick. Fred, you... Well, him not catching is one thing, but him not turning around on, on, on touchdowns is even worse because you got to look for the ball. It doesn't matter how well you have a guy covered. If you don't look for the ball, you can't stick your arm up there and knock it away. Fred, if you were a cornerback
1: for the freshman team at Martin East... And you dropped that ball game one.
0: You'd be running laps around that big field. You would never play Over again. On 24th Street. You'd
1: never play again. Uh, I grew well, up in Cicero. There's yeah. not too much I believe in unless I see it.
0: Yeah, well, I saw him drop it. At more nice, you might you might play again because they didn't have a whole hell of a lot of good football players. <laughs> oh, I know what you're saying. And I didn't play. I should have played. You should have. Yeah, but see, the problem is I grew up I grew up two blocks away from Morton East, so for all the years I was in grade school, I saw the football players running all around in <laughs> August. I said, there's not a chance in hell I'm going to play football. Is it
1: true they played on a uh, asphalt uh, field uh, tackle?
0: No, not there. Oh, they had grass. Yeah, they had grass. Well, they played at Morton West. Right. They played all the games at Morton for West. Before
1: Morton West, where'd they
0: play? Uh, I don't know. I don't know where they played.
1: Okay. MLB, three things that must happen. Oh, I want to get on the Bulls in a second with you too, Fred, you mentioned. MLB, you know, a a, a smart baseball guy once said to me, there's three things have to happen to, you know, have that big World Series year where you run, everything runs, everything rolls, right? right? You're on the heater. (laughs) Three things must happen. I said, what's that? He said, number one, you need a career year from a, a couple guys, like,
0: well, Javi's having one.
1: A couple, couple, three guys. Okay. Well, you know, Javi's having one. Lester is uh,
2: tied right there. For I'm sure any of his other career years, so it would be a career year. And I, Zobrist is hitting. He may hit 300 for the first time in his career. And his second best year overall in like what 17 years. Eric, you're exactly right. So you have to have
1: some career years. Number two, few if no injuries. Now the 2016 Cubs, off the top of my head, they had few or no or none, yeah,
0: injuries.
4: Yep.
1: All right. This year, peppered peppered with injuries all, all right? over the place, and not to not to you know boo hoo for the Cubs. Just facts, you know. Sure. Number one, you need career years. Two, three, four. Number two, no injuries, and number three, luck. Now, a lot of people goes, oh, you know what? That's not valid.
0: That is valid. Well, it is. Without luck, you're you're not winning anything without luck. Well, actually, luck and injuries ties in a little bit. Because if you go through a season without injuries, you're lucky. Well, yes. Yeah.
1: Now, and again, this is not a Cub fan uh, oh, boo-hoo. It's facts. In the last three days, three, four days, I believe two or three days, the Milwaukee Brewers have really had... Three major lucky things happened. Yes, they have. So, oh, there you go. Cub fan bit. No, I'm just telling you, this is how things are. Cubs had a lot of... The Sox, I'm sure you would admit, in 05. Yeah,
0: this year, the White Sox have had no luck. All right. And but, in 05, Yeah, in 05, they've had luck.
1: The uh, oh. uh, wild pitch. Uh, the drop third, A.J. Brzezinski. Well, yeah, yeah,
4: absolutely.
2: Now,
1: that was partly... Not luck because AJ was crafty. He, was yeah, he sold absolutely. it right, right. He's crafty and yeah. smart enough to deke the ump, but it's still borderline luck that that had bounced in that he was able to perform the, the deke. Right. you know. But uh, so here, the Brewers, uh, Eric, you've been watching these two, I, I know, and Fred. In the last three days, last night, Braun hits what turns out to be the game-winning homer in the bottom of the eighth, put him up six to five on a ball that we covered earlier, and uh, if you haven't. Just quick pull-up, brawn, home run, eighth inning, you know, last night.
0: Bounced out of the glove of Castellanos.
1: Up to the top of the wall, uh-huh. and then
0: Fred had rolled. It proceeded to roll about uh, 18 inches to two feet. On the wall. Before it decided, I'm going for a home run. It could have flopped back on yeah. the field for a long double. Because he wasn't running. No. He didn't run. No, of course said, not. It's now, Major League Baseball. Nobody runs when they think you uh, are a home run. That's
1: lucky break number one. Uh, the day before that, or the two days before that, uh, three runs scored for the Brewers. All three runners, bases loaded. Brewers of the base, all three runners scored on a wild
0: pitch. Yeah. The ball went towards the dugout. Here comes a second guy to throw. Another run scores. Yeah, Yeah, it's crazy. Three runs on a wild pitch.
1: Plus, the Cardinals, two nights ago, three ago, were ready to tie the game. In the top of the ninth. They brought in a pinch runner. They're right. They're losing by one in Milwaukee. Top of the ninth. Man on first. A pinch runner, as Fred said. He's going to score from first on a long uh, gapper or whatever, down or whatever. He's rounding the bases. He's rounding third, heading home to score the tying run in the top of the ninth with two out.
0: He falls down. You know who he looked like? He yes. looked like Cal Daniels when he played for the Cubs.
1: Oh, I was going to say Candy Maldonado. You're oh, right.
0: You're, I, oh, it might have been, been Candy Maldonado. One of those two. One of those, Cal Daniels might have done it with the Reds, those but are, they both did it.
1: Those were interchangeable parts. Yes, you know, they were.
0: Fifth outfielders over the hill, but yeah. Round third base, he trips on the, uh, on the, on the baseline <laughs> and just is laying there. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, my Lord, how's that happen? But they yeah, are right, three right. times this week, ah. they had a lot of luck, and they're still second. The Cubs are still a one-game lead with two games to play. Magic number two. That's right. We'll
1: have Jesse in a few minutes. So uh, our Twitter poll, Eric, uh, EO11, teams that reach the World Series, they need A, B, C, or D, A, career years, B, very few injuries, C, luck, or D, all of the above. Let's see how smart... Are uh, voters a word today? You usually don't give all of the above. Well, because that's the answer this time. Yeah, I think so. you need all three. Uh Uh-huh.
2: All right? Only 1% of the voters uh, said career years. Well, that's... Okay, well, wait. If
1: if 99% said all of the above, okay. (laughs)
2: Nine percent. So minimal energy, minimal energies, and luck are tied with nine percent, and all of the above got eighty-one percent of the votes. Well, it should. Be. You know, we had the fifty-fifty
1: vote last week, yeah, which is unbelievable. A one hundred percent vote is very rare, but this
0: is one that should have been. Yeah, it's pretty close, yeah. yeah, because there's no doubt you need all of these to win.
1: How's that uh, vote going, Eric? Uh, back again on... Uh, From last week's 50-50, we looked about an hour or two ago. uh, Are the Bears a playoff team? Very simple, cut and dried. Yes or no. It was 50-50. A couple hours ago was up near, uh, and Fred, uh, uh, we never liked 50-50. We'll take a squirt from Mexico. Uh, Yes or no was 60-40-ish. What's it now?
2: Right now we are at 58% saying yes, the Bears are a playoff team. It's going up.
0: See? See if they go to three and one next week, it'll be in the 70s. What's going on with the Bulls there? Oh, my What's Lord. What's
1: going on with the Alpha Some bad, show? bad
0: stuff with the Bulls. Hey, are you looking for that neighborhood gem of a restaurant? You know, the place with a cozy atmosphere, impeccable menu. Not an easy find. Here's some advice. Go with experience. Just go with what I'm at. I'm telling you. Vincitori, right there. Downtown Westmont, the Italian cuisine served in a casual trattoria setting the heart of Westmont, just a half block north of the train station uh, on Cass Avenue. Vincitorius sells uh, a tremendous menu. Exquisite pasta, seafood, steaks, veal, chops, salads, all freshly prepared daily. Featuring owner and Chef Bob's individual style. If you like dessert... He makes the best cheesecake you will ever taste. Head to Vincitori tonight and a feast on some incredible Italian dishes paired with tantalizing wine. For reservations, info, and salivating photos, head to Vincitori. That's V-I-N-C-I-T-O-R-I dot com. I'm
1: uh, I'm Irish, little German, uh, lovely Dana is half Italian, uh, lovely Pat, yep, 100%, 100%. all Italian, And then
0: she married me, the German.
1: So uh, there was no Mike North joke there but we won't uh-huh. use it right now, if you recall it. Yeah. Which was a good one. Uh, I always would thought that uh, maybe Joe the Duke Crispino or one of my great Italian friends uh, uh, of Tug Buffon were uh, still with us. I would think that that's Vincitori because it's V-I- you spelled it there at the end, V-I-N-C. I-T-O-R-I. And, and it's a great, great place. Chef Bob, you yep. took me, you and I, went to the, yep. uh, Dana and the Pat. But wouldn't it
2: be Vince? Atari? It's whatever they tell us to to call it. I'll check with Chef Bob. but I'm almost positive on there. It says it, it phonetically does. that it's vincitori. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So Hey, good enough for me. I always called it vincitori until I heard the the thing, but now we're talking okay. about it even more. So you know what you do? Yeah. Everybody go to the restaurant and ask for Chef Bob. When he comes out, ask him how to pronounce it. And then sit at the bar, have a drink, <laughs> and go get, go get some uh, yeah. some grilled calamari.
1: Well, you don't have to convince me.
0: No. When you go there once, you'll be back.
1: Red zone. A little late, but better late than never. Thank Couldn't you. find the sticks. Right. Now nice I didn't have to use them because <laughs> I've never had anything even worthy. i not worthy. So, about 20 years ago, I know we're up against the clock, Jesse, in a few minutes. Fred, 20, 25 years ago, I said to myself, I said, said I, okay, red zone is a great phrase. Uh huh. 20 yards, everyone knows what it is. But Patrick Finley was on with us a little bit ago, and first he was talking about when the Bears have the ball, the red zone, trying to score, and then later he had to talk about uh, he called the defensive red zone, which right. you know, means when you're on, well, duh, defense. Yeah. And 20 years ago, I, I, you know what, it ought to be the green zone when you're scoring. Your when you're offense, going into it going offensively, in, right? It ought to be the uh, you know red zone. Oh, danger! They're going to score on us. Uh, and you're still red zone, red zone. The Bears
0: are second in the NFL in time of possession right now. And how much of a jump is that from where they were just a year ago? It's a huge jump, York. They were 28th yeah, last year. Yeah. They are second important. in the NFL in time of possession. They've had the ball a lot. Here's the problem. They're 27th in red zone efficiency. They are not scoring points.
1: Well, that's Carmen York Obviously, by the context clues, he's right. talking offense. But... Wouldn't it be better to just say Green Zone? Now I heard my good buddy Jay Hood. Yep. and Jay was across the glass from me many years ago, and we used to all do a little segment. That how come is that Green Zone? Now Jay uses it a lot. Yeah, he does. Is
0: it, this is like they a- use it in, the, in the, on games quite often. They'll say the teams entered the Green Zone because cool. they use it that way. So yeah. there are numerous times uh, Carmen he got a, he hit a pet peeve of mine because. Time of possession does not matter in the NFL. What matters is what you do with the ball when you have the ball. And so it doesn't matter where the Bears are in time of possession. If you don't score touchdowns, then it doesn't matter. And hopefully they'll turn that time of possession into scoring touchdowns.
1: Right. So as an extreme, you could have 59 minutes of possession and, uh, you know, lose seven to nothing. Yeah. Uh. See, the old dog on the, you know what the dog does when he sees the fire hydrant, Right. That is to uh, claim his territory. So other dogs, ooh, I better go find a new fire hydrant. Uh-huh. Because, see, I didn't use the fire hydrant enough with Green Zone because I invented it. <laughs> but that's okay. I've learned over the years. There's certain things, you know, you just say, thank you. I'm glad. I uh, Instant analysis. I invented that 20 years ago. Then producers and people from Chicago that got big jobs like in New York. Sure. Yeah. That's okay. No yep. fee, no ch- I love instant analysis. We'll have Jesse with his instant analysis in 15 minutes. When we return, got a lot more things on the checklist. Oh, Rick Sutcliffe. He had a great idea. Back in a flash, Murph and Fred, ESPN 1000. <laughs> Cubs magic number is 2. Any combo, wins and losses, Brewers uh, equal two. And then you get a few days off. You don't have to play till Thursday. That's huge, Fred, uh, not having to play a tiebreaker Monday. And then a, if you're a wild card, wild card Tuesday. on oh, my Tuesday, oh, gosh. Yeah. Yep. That's the last thing you want happening. But, and I'm not a big fan of the whole wild card situation. We can talk about that a little bit later. Jesse coming. Rick Sutcliffe. <laughs> Rick's great. Now, he had an idea. Maybe it's been kicked around. I know he has before. He said, very simple, the regular baseball season, which we know ends Sunday night, right? Tomorrow.
0: Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon. Almost all the games start at the same time.
1: I'm glad you brought that up.
0: Tell everybody the deal. All the games start at 2.20. They've actually taken this from uh, other sports, like soccer's done this forever, because you want to have everybody playing at the same time, the last game of the season, so nobody can fix things. Well, they lost, and so now we can win, and we get in, or you know, if we lose, they get in, and things like this. So this way, they all play at the same time, and so they're not. There's no scoreboard watching the last day, right? And well, there's scoreboard watching, but you're not. Yeah. You know, and the one thing doesn't depend on a number.
1: So, like, if you're a West Coast team, and uh, you'd you already know ahead of time, and you're matched up with an East Coast team, uh, tied for wild card or whatever, right. and they lose, you've already won before you played, and you can hold back. Then, like a star Starter. Right and uh, like you say, you know, manipulate. So all the games do start now. Two twenty, I think it is. But I think it's across the country. Yeah, yeah, like one twenty in New York, two twenty here.
0: No, the other way no, around. Three twenty in New I York, uh, two twenty here, yeah. and twelve twenty in, uh, in California. LA. Yes, yeah. Which is uh, and they all start at the same time. I didn't know that was taken from other sports, but yeah, soccer does soccer does it for a long time.
1: Well, sort of on that same vein, uh, Rick Sutcliffe uh, yesterday made his Friday appearance. With, uh, as Carmen, with uh, Waddle Waddle and and Sylvie. Sylvie. Thank you, Fred. And he said the baseball... Now, this was Friday afternoon, late afternoon, yesterday. After he
0: called the game. He was on ESPN calling the game. They showed
1: him. He dressed up nice, had the tie on. Tied up nice, as the phrase is. Sutcliffe said the baseball season should have ended, should end Friday, today, as he spoke yesterday. He says college football is at the apex right now on Saturdays. The NFL's rolling on Sunday. It made sense. I don't know if you'd start the season two days earlier, throw some double headers in. I know there's logistics and calendar logistics, right. but I thought that was right on. Had the season end Friday? Uh, I don't know. It seemed to make sense to me.
0: Yeah, but the tough thing is you'd have to play them all on Friday night. You couldn't play any Friday afternoon games. If you're going to do that, they'd all have to be at the same time again. Yeah, right, right. And so, you know, that, that would get a little hairy, I think. It's yeah. easier to do it on a Sunday. We'll
1: make them all night games. They'd start at 6.30, 5.30 in New York. I'm backwards and 7.30 30 New York, 6.30, 30, 5.30. 7.30, 30, and 4.30. Yeah, well, whatever. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. Uh, let's catch up on a few things. Jesse, next. We have a, a big a board of a Twitter poll questions. We'll get to a Jesse, a Cubs a talk. Listen or vote back in a flash at ESPN 1000. from jesse rogers Murph, and fred on a busy saturday glad you've been with us for the last two hours where else would you be uh before we get to jesse uh fred the uh the mixing of uh, two sports people you know one of the i guess a lot of fans jesse's the baseball expert yep but what does he know about other sports you know one uh, well, knows hockey well, he knows hockey. Yep. He had no choice. He said, yep. hey, you're covering hockey. And he did a great job. He had a, a great, uh, I thought, a very interesting uh, thought on uh, uh, Mitch Trubisky. You have to
5: ignore his draft status from this point on. Ignore his draft status and just look at him as a player. He has talent, but he's inexperienced. So that's where you have to give him time. Because you're, if you think of the draft status, then all you're going to think of is he should be good now. He should be Baker Mayfield now. He should be Deshaun Watson now. Instead, forget about it. Just look at him as a football player. There is talent. We see that. But he's inexperienced and needs to work and do whatever it is he needs. You just have to forget the draft status.
1: Jesse Rogers, one hour away from a game time, an early start. And uh, Jesse was just in there with the Joe Madden press conference. But back up about uh, one minute here. Jesse, I thought that was uh, uh, right on. Now they say spot on, right on, brother. With the uh, don't don't look at Trubisky's draft of slot number two, uh, but let's look at Quintana, traded for Eloy and Dylan Cease. Fans expect a lot out of Quintana. Could it be that we all expect too much out of Quintana, and he is what he is.
5: That's a good point. Good comparison. I, I've been on that kick for a while now. Don't worry about what you gave up. Worry about what you got back. And he is going to contribute to two playoff teams before Eloy cease even sniff the majors. So you can't take that away from him. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the numbers with the Cubs aren't as good as they were with the Sox. That's the key, and I, I mentioned this earlier in the week. That third time through the order, yeah, um, he was able to he was able to do that with the White Sox. He was that. That was the whole Murph. You and I have talked mm-hmm. about this. Text, texted each other about this. That was the whole innings eater thing. He could go three times through a lineup for whatever reason. With the Cubs, it's down to two. So um, they traded for a guy that thought they were going to eat some more innings than he has. That just hasn't been the case.
0: You know what the problem is, Jess. Back a couple of years ago, nobody cared about the third time through the order. All right, of a sudden, right. all the stat heads came out as, hey, you know that third time through the order. And now all of a sudden, it got in everybody's head. Hell, this is the third time I'm facing this guy. I'm going to have to pitch him differently. I'm going to have to do the, you know, the whole thing. I think everything, yeah. you know, it was better. I understand all the stats. Sometimes it was better when we didn't know any of these stats.
5: 100% agree, Fred. Sometimes it was better. Other times you do enjoy it it's it, 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 baseball look it's the these are long games long days it's fun to look up stuff like <laughs> yeah. I do, but i don't disagree with you and and you're right it, it, it it's good for the manager to have this stuff, but when a player starts hearing it, maybe it affects him so uh it is what it is that's the reality of the game but um and that 's why i the other day when he pulled Quintana when he did, I thought it was exactly the right move before the damage and with a big lead and he used the four relievers he's supposed to use and it didn't work out. That's a scary proposition next week if it doesn't work out because I guarantee you, Katanas going two times through the order, most likely, and he's going to those three or four relievers. Those guys have to be on.
1: See, uh, Joe... He can't win with the fans Tuesday night, and we talked about this couple hours ago. I was out at the game, and they lose six to nothing to the Pirates Tuesday night. They look flat. They look horrible when you don't hit. You look flat, yada yada. The cow jumped over the moon. Montgomery goes four four innings. Right, Jesse Tuesday right. night, he gets his ears pinned back. Five hits, five Ernie's, and he's out of the game. Kinsley. Kinsler comes in, Rosario, Maples, Mills, De La Rosa. They picked up this guy, uh, Werner Wallace, whatever his name is, used to be with the Dodgers, Norwood, and they lose six to nothing. The next day, Joe gets battered up and down everywhere by, they gave up. How come How come there's no uh, Edwards, no uh, Ciszek, uh, no uh, Chavez, uh, no Wilson trying to win the game? Well, guess what? fellas, you know what happened. They win Wednesday and they win Thursday and both games, Edwards two, two games back-to-back, Seashek back-to-back, Chavez back-to-back, they wouldn't have been able to use those three guys or at risk of wearing them out and injury you know, like Morrow. So Jesse, everyone piled on the easy target on Wednesday about Joe Tuesday night, not trying to win that game. Well, you know what? You lose some battles to win the war. Maybe Maybe it works out, maybe it don't.
5: Well, here's the thing, and this is what bothers me about, about the, the Joe Madden critics. I mean, you can't criticize everything. Criticize the ones that are that are fifty-fifty moves that we can go back and forth on. That's a slam dunk. No manager in the game, I believe they were down four nothing when he went to his B and C relievers. Yes. No manager in their game is going to his A relievers down four nothing. Yes, they are still in the game, but you are not going to your A relievers. And I must remind people the other guys are making at least 550,000 prorated dollars to come in and pitch down four nothing. They have a job to do now. The game went to, from four to six nothing. Not that big of a deal, but there is no manager in the game, none zero, that will pitch their a relievers down four nothing in a pennant race when they have more important games in the coming
1: games. And they had no chance to. You could just. Right. get the, You felt from the beginning. I was there. You knew they weren't going to get well, this, four that runs, was six runs.
0: That was still in the stretch yeah. where they hadn't scored more than one run off the Pirates in six games. So, you know, it's, just,
1: it's just the way it goes. Yeah. You have your
0: your
5: uh, your 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 deficit relievers and your, you have your positive relievers. That's that's the, since the beginning of time. It doesn't change in a pennant race unless it's two to one in the eighth. It's four nothing. It's not going to change.
0: Yeah, you didn't see Lee Smith back in the day many times uh, in a mop up role because he was no. coming in to get saves for the Cubs. No, exactly right. You know,
1: Suter used to come in in the seventh.
0: Yeah, yeah, Belize. that is true. With a two yeah. on,
1: two on, and uh, nobody out, yeah. he'd get out of the seventh, the eighth, and the ninth, and then a few years later, he had a knot the size of a <laughs> tennis ball behind his shoulder, and they had to cut it open and operate. And then uh, he was with the, the, the Braves and had a great uh, second career. <laughs> seventh inning, two on, bring him in, Herman Franks, bring him in, come on in, kid. He's got the long and fingers, the- and, and Freddie Martin taught him to split finger. And-
5: and the funny thing is, nowadays managers do that with their closers, but only in the World Series or huh. whatnot, right? So right. they haven't, they're not prepped for it. All of a sudden they've got this one inning, eight, nine, ten pitch thing for mm-hmm. the whole regular season, and then they're asked to throw 35 in the postseason, huh. and, all, and you know, a lot of times all hell breaks loose, yeah. or they're hurt the next year. Brandon Morrow. So, so we, it's definitely a, a yes. It's definitely a different era that we're we're watching baseball. But that's the beauty of it as -hmm. well. The game evolves, it changes, and we have to figure it all out.
1: Lineups are in, Fred. Uh, I know Jesse wants to talk about this. Uh, What do we have?
0: Well, uh, Cole Hamels is batting ninth, and that's, a, that's interesting. That's because
1: uh, he's a better hitter than Caratini in the eight <laughs> hole, but we'll get to that later. Go ahead. I'm So sorry. Murphy,
0: Murphy's leading off at second base, then it'll be Zobrist and right, Rizzo at first, Baez at short, Hayward in center field again with Chris Bryant at third, Happen left, Caratini catching, and Hamels is pitching. So Miklas is a uh, right-hander, so you got the, you know, Ian, Ian Happen left, and you move, uh, Rizzo, I'm sorry, you move Bryant over to third base.
5: Right, and that's the that's the discussion point, uh, if you want to talk about next week. It really comes down to third base and left field. Hayward's in center. Zobrist is in right. That's it, against righties at least. Uh, but in terms of the Bodie, Schwarber, Hap, Bryant, foursome there, that's what Joe has to figure out. Now, he went with Hap this time because Hap is three for five off of Mikelos and he was watching video remember the geeks do this. They look at all the swings and the you know what the pitcher throws and the swing path of the hitters and they, they give Joe recommendations. Mm-hmm. In this case they went with half. And I asked Joe about next week and he agreed that there's the most difficult decisions to make. Left field and third base. And I really think, guys, listening to Joe last night and today. David Bodie has started to change his mind even more because of his defense at third base. You saw him yesterday. I asked Bodie about this. He's like, yeah, it was ground ball day yesterday for me. I mean, he was all over the place. Strong arm from deep third. He can come in on balls, make the barehanded play. You see it. You don't have to be a baseball expert. You see it. There's a good chance that Bodie could start at third and Brian in left next week. The other options, of course, are Brian at third, Bodie comes off the bench, and it's either Schwarber or Happen left. I really think Schwarber could get squeezed here. I mean, there was a moment in time I thought Happ might get left off the playoff roster. Right. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that's i don't know if that's the case. He's playing in some key games here. So I think Schwarber's playing time could really get squeezed here. Uh, but one way or another, I think Bodie is going to end up in games, certainly late in games. They'll move Bryant to left and Bodie to third. Of course, you have the, the Murphy thing as well. Bodie could go to second. Zobris could go to second. There's a lot of combinations there um, late in games. A little easier right now for Joe because he's got the big roster. When he cuts it down, it might not be as easy. He's got to leave a couple guys on the bench in case of extra innings and things like that. So tough decisions next week. I'll ask you guys, starting a playoff game with a righty on the mound, who do you like at third? Who do you like at left?
1: Well, Jesse Rogers with us. when you're hitting, which they have at least the last couple of days before, as Fred mentioned, all those goose eggs over time with Pittsburgh and they couldn't hit a lick all week. Now, with a couple of days where they score some runs, it makes it a little, you're more confident maybe to not worry as much about defense. So the question, Jesse, and today is a good uh, point. Hap in left. And we know Hap can go over five with the best of them, but yep. he can also hit a couple of gappers. And he's got. Spe- but here's my question, Jesse. I don't know the answer either way. Today, Hap in left, and Bryant at third. Let me ask you first: Which position does he? In which does Ian have Hap's best? defensive position. He has played left, he has played center, he has played right, he has played second, and he has played third. Of all the positions, those are five. Would you want to, we don't see a lot of them sample size. What's his best position? I say third base.
5: It might be third, but when you have better options, I wouldn't stick him there in a playoff
4: game. No, let's stick with today. I'm
1: sorry to interrupt you. Today he's got half and left. And Bryant Bryant at third. third. I would think that maybe the other way around would be as good defensively. Bryant has not played good third lately, and it might be, it's probably the shoulder, you know. uh, And Hamp is a very fine, surprisingly fine third baseman. I don't know. And Joe knows what he's doing. It was just a thought, you know. Yeah, no, no, it's not a bad thought.
5: I I don't think he has enough experience. Like, Uh, I don't think he's seen enough balls to go to his left, to his right. He probably, Bryant has a stronger arm. I just I don't I, I can't see that. I know your point. half uh, past, he's looked decent, but he's still the, like the fourth best on the team there behind Baez, Bodie, right. Bryant. You know. So let's go so back it is what it to is.
1: your original question, Fred. Yeah, uh, Hayward is. You know, apparently right now, especially Your against right, he's correct. Yeah. Everyday center, Zobrist, everyday uh, right. Uh, first base is Rizzo, Murphy's at second, Javi's at short. Today he's got uh, Caratini because we found out uh, EO11, looked it up earlier, Jesse, you maybe already saw it. Uh, the uh, worst exit velo, in other words, who hits more poop? Balls, Soft nothing balls. Uh, Wilson Contreras, unbelievably, after his first couple years, what was he, Eric? Right
2: down near the bottom, along with, what, Almora and Brian with the injury, if I recall, right? Correct. So Contreras was 96th worst in the league, while Almora, who was worse on the Cubs, was 56th worst in the league. So Caratini...
5: Yeah, and remember, Caratini and Hamels have a nice little thing going anyway, ah, so it makes an really easy decision. So it yeah. brings
1: us back to Bodie, Schwarber, and Bryant for third base and left field. Is that basically yeah. where we're and, talking?
5: Yeah, and Hap And Happ, Happer, Hap, Hap. okay. So it, it, it's two out of four. I don't know if Hap would get the start in a playoff yeah. game unless the matchup, you yeah. know, there's a sample size where he's 10 for 15 against the pitcher. I just don't see it. I think – the Swarber danger factor, the Bodie defense, and of course Bryant's gonna be in there. I, I don't know. I think that the choices are there. He went with app today though.
1: See, Fred, it's a great and I heard you and Jesse a little on your show last night, Fred and yeah. for uh under the hood. Uh See, the thing about Bodie, he can go 0 for 5 with the best of them. Oh, sure he can. But that doesn't mean he can't, uh, you know, hit a couple uh, key long balls with some men on. And he's a vacuum cleaner and got a rocket. I know he had an E5 throw yesterday. Okay, fine.
0: Which, he, actually, if they would have looked even closer, I think Rizzo's foot was on the bases. It, it was close. it really yeah. stayed there. So. But he had yeah.
1: seven, eight ground balls. and if, So he's a terrific third baseman, Great arm. as Jesse pointed out. Yep. Schwarber, if he gets to it, he usually catches it. He's got the hose to keep the. And Bryant is going to play. So I I guess we're boiling it down to Bodie and left or Schwarber uh, at third. I mean, Schwarber and left, Bodie at third. Where does Bryant go? I guess, you know, it's going to be, who does Joe think is the hotter hitter that day and the matchup? I think it's going to be mix and match every day. But what do you think?
5: Yeah, I think you're right. I think until recently, I really thought Bodie was only going to come off the bench. But I'm telling you, man. Here's what I think. Actually, if they they and they can do this, if they can project, and it doesn't always play out. But if they project a day like yesterday, where there's going to be a, a ton of ground balls to third, I think Bodie would get the start. I really do. If it if mm-hmm. there's no if there's no difference, if the pitching or the the other you know the opposition you know sort of doesn't trend either way, then I think it would be Bryant. So I think they might go. Actually, they might look at it defensively rather than offensively. So, because it, it's kind of all equal in a way, you know, if there's going to be a heavy workload there at third, let's go with Bodie there and, and Brian and left. If not. Let's go Bryant there, put Schwarber in left, yeah. and Bodie and Hab come off the bench. I, I wonder if that's what's going to come down
1: to. A quick uh, sidebar on this. Zobrist uh, goes to second base uh, late in the game. He made yep. a play to his right. Yeah. You'd have thought he was uh, 24 years old. Not that he was ever a gold glove. Don't get me wrong. But this son of a gun Zobrist, and EO11 mentioned we had, uh, we're talking about career years. He's having his, uh, probably his second best career statistically, his best batting average. He's, he's like, the a fountain of youth, and in right field, he gets to balls you don't think he'll get to. His arm—it's not a rocket, but it's better than you think it's going to be. It's unbelievable on defense. This guy—and I'm not saying he's great. Don't get me wrong. But every time the balls hit to him, he makes the play.
5: Murph, I could not have said it better. You—you—we underestimate him. It's not that he's a go-glover, but we all think that he's. You know Daniel Murphy. He's not. He's better than Daniel Murphy on defense. He will. Re- We've seen it. Yeah. He replaces Daniel Murphy at second base. That throw yesterday, I was like, I had to do a double take. I knew it wasn't Javi. Huh. But I'm like, wow, that, that that's a stronger arm than I thought out of Zobrist. And I interviewed him a few weeks ago. And when he was talking about rebounding from a bad year, he never. He, he didn't bring up his offense much at all. He brought up his defense. He said he was a little bit embarrassed last year, and even in 16 by his defense, maybe Javi made him look yeah. worse. But that's what he wanted to work on in the offseason. He slimmed down, and of course, the offense is there as well.
1: Guys don't get better defensively as they age Not into usually. their mid late thirties. Yeah, you got the old Bill James, a defensive uh, uh, quantitative uh, back and forth. You move uh, to easier positions as you get older. Jesse, you wrote a great piece, ESPN one thousand dot com, last night. I was reading it this morning. Fred saw it, where you talked uh, the headline writer. Who writes those headlines?
5: Somebody in Bristol. It's all every, right. someone different every night. All
1: right, it was okay. Headline. It said, uh, yeah. with the Cubs' big three, and that's, of course, uh, uh, Hamels, Lester, Hendricks, right now, all at the top of their game. The headliner wrote, Anything's Possible. Tell us uh, what your story was.
5: Well, I know Fred remembers this because I said it to him on the road, I think, <laughs> in Philly. Like, <laughs> I have, I, at the time when Hammels, Hendricks, and Lester were really going well, and that mm-hmm. hasn't changed. I have the Cubs in the World Series. You tell me an opponent that isn't a little bit scared of those three. You tell me an opponent that can throw three of the uh, names like that out there. It's not that full to win it isn't great, but he doesn't have the experience, right? Now, the Dodgers can throw three with talent and experience. Yep. That's about it. The Rockies can't do it. And I love Freeland. Absolutely love Freeland. I love what a bunch of these teams at Milwaukee, but they don't have October experience. Hamels today, man, he lives for this. We know Hendricks has already proven it. Lester lives for this. So you can ride those three and hope you get five out of Quintana all the way to the World Series. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but, man, you tell me a team that that would feel more comfortable than the Cubs throwing three starters like those guys out there.
4: Yeah, and then
0: the question is who's who's coming in from the bullpen. Well, Fred, <laughs>
1: are you looking at my yellow pad no, again? No, but it, you know, you still we're still
0: not sure. I know, I know. Stropey said he was running around and he threw yesterday, yeah. and you know, and they know they don't have more uh, when they go forward, and they're still trying to get Edwards right, and he came in the other day, and I, I was waiting for one to actually go to the screen on the fly. I mean, they they got some problems here,
1: Jesse. Yeah, they, they, Jesse, they Fred, hey, little, hey, let, little, let me but, interject. I'm sorry, yeah. Jesse. Don't underestimate Montgomery. Moving to the bullpen as the four man rotation will take precedence in the playoffs with off days. Strope, he's, they say, reports, and Jesse, you had it, his arm is quote unquote fine. He's still a little, uh, bulky, you know, with, with the hammy, which can be very bad or, you know, who knows. But if, and here's the, uh, you know, what if Bell, what if Strope and Montgomery both uh, you know, are in the bullpen at full strength, that pads things out big time.
5: It does, Murph, but I I, I would still be a little leery because, first of all, Montgomery hasn't done it in a while, and, and, and the starter's mentality is a little different. Oh, I can come in there and, okay, if I walk a guy, no big deal. I've got mm-hmm. six innings to figure this out. Yeah. He goes back to the pen, you got to be sharp right away. Strope could be a little rusty. I'm going to give you the other side, but here's the key, and I will go back to the big three. There's 20 million reasons why John Lester and Cole Hamels need to shorten the game for that pen, yep. and 4.4 million why Hendricks needs to. This is where you mm-hmm. have to ride those guys. It, now, Quintana's a different story. Five innings, you use four relievers, fine. But with Hamels, Hendricks, and Lester, it, the whole key is they've got to shorten the game for Joe Maddon. Yesterday was the formula. Eight innings out of Hendricks. Seven innings minimum out of those three in playoff games, and you are a winning ball club. If, it, if it's five or six, I don't know if the Cubs can last. I don't know if you can count on four relievers all to be on their game, and none of them named Chapman, none of them named Wade Davis, and maybe none of them named Stroke. We don't know that yet. So that, to me, is the key. There's a lot of pressure on the big three.
1: And uh, the domino effect we alluded to uh, about ten minutes ago, fellas, with uh, the performance uh, uh, yesterday where uh, Hendricks goes eight full innings, hundred. And for pitches, the prior two days, Wednesday and Thursday, Edwards pitched both, c pitched both, and... Chavez pitched both. You never want to use a reliever three days in a row. Uh, look up Morrow in the World Series. And by being able to go eight innings and have a lead, those guys, none of them had to pitch. Wilson didn't pitch. That's sort of a hidden thing behind the scenes that a lot of fans that, you know, watch the game, they don't realize. Given the blow to uh, Edward C. Chavez yesterday with the big pit, the big outing by Hendricks was huge
5: no no doubt one inning shy of 200 for the season what a year for hendricks what a finish and and here's the thing uh he 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 did it in a different way i thought yesterday i don't think of him as a guy that can navigate in and out of trouble that's john oh. lester but yes, yesterday he was he faced a career high 11 or maybe season-high, career-high, I'm not sure, 11 batters with runners in scoring position, only two of those runners scored. Those are the two runs they scored off of him. Hmm. So that was a different method for Hendricks, and and I like to see that because, you know, again, I don't think of him as that kind of a guy. He's more of a one-two-three-inning kind of guy. When he gets into trouble... I don't love it like I I do Lester. So I thought that was an interesting way he went about his business.
0: What's the breakdown when it gets to the uh, uh, playoff roster? Because I know you'll be doing this. You've probably been doing this on scratch pads throughout the games uh, over the last couple of days. Uh, Number of pitchers as opposed to number of players.
5: Yeah, first round is traditionally 14 position players, 11 pitchers. There's a small chance the Cubs could go 15 and 10. Uh, it's because of the Gore Hap situation, the Listella Bodie. There's a lot of names there to choose from. There's a small chance they go fifteen and ten in the first round because remember, uh, Montgomery's going back in there. So you'd have six relievers, four starters, maybe a starter or two could pitch in the game five situation, you know, whatever. And how many relievers do you really trust? Right, Chavez. Uh, we know Edwards is in there. Chavez, Edwards, C. Shack. It depends on stroke. Um, Wilson, there's not yeah Wilson's... you know. So we'll see. A fourteen eleven is the traditional number and that gives them a big decision about Gore, Hap, Listella, Bodie, those guys.
1: I'll leave you with this, Jesse Rogers at the ballpark. Elmora has had two big hits against yeah. righties Apo in the last couple days off the bench. And we've talked about, you've talked about, Fritz, about going to the opposite field, as Joe says, use the whole field, take what they give you. First inning yesterday, Murphy, a little duck snort Apo in the first inning. Rizzo, the big hit Apo. Both runs due mostly to Apo. The run, uh, the homer by uh, Bryant up the gut uh, for the third run, the homer to center. Uh, Murphy, uh, the fourth run in the fifth Denning puts him up four to nothing. Also goes Apo. Every one of the first four important runs uh, were guys that went with the ball, went the other way. It seems so simple when they do it, doesn't it?
5: Lead the league in that category as much as everybody wants to trash Chili Davis. That is something he's brought to this team. So there's some good and bad. They, they go the opposite way, but we know home runs are down. It is, it is easier said than done. And, there, and every playoff team has a scout here. And they've seen exactly that. Elmore coming off the bench against a righty. It's a little more difficult in the playoffs because every player is analyzed to death. If I'm an opponent, I'm thinking I cannot throw Elmore a strike. We know he's a swinger. It's almost like Baez. Uh, but a little easier said than done. Base is loaded. You feel like you got to throw him a strike. But all this is going on paper, and it's interesting how... Opponents will pitch some of these guys that we know so well, but you know maybe they they'll, they're going to know just as well. Certainly by next
1: week. Great job, Jesse. It is uh, very mathematically possible that. Uh, We won't uh, be visiting with you again this season. Things could go sour, and there will be no baseball for the Cubs uh, come next week. If there's a wild card and they lose, I hate the wild card, the one and done. But uh, as always, you're the best. But we look forward to a big, big, important visit with you next
4: Saturday.
5: I think so, and and by then we'll be on the road somewhere, I think, Thursday, Friday at home, and then mm-hmm. Saturday. Tra- whatever my travel plans are Saturday, I will carve out 10 to noon for you, Mark, <laughs> you know that. And let the record show
1: the wild card team, regardless who it is, uh, against the team with the best record in the first round, best of five, should have zero home games, maybe one. Even if it's the Cubs, I'll stick by that. You're a stinking wildcard team. You got in by the grace of uh, money that they wanted more TV and more games. The wildcard team should never get two home games of the five against the team with the best record. But they don't listen to me. Maybe they'll listen to you, Jesse.
5: I think
1: they do, because otherwise, miss a little, miss a lot. Ah, yeah. You're the best. I'm going <laughs> to buy, buy 10 more books today. Uh, another, <laughs> because with the nice weather, i got to prop the windows open all day at home. Nah. All right, guys. I'll
4: talk to you next <laughs> Try not to Hopefully. suck. Hopefully. See you, Jess. Let's Jesse, yeah. right, right. Murph,
1: and Fred. 30 minutes. I know we're running late. 30 minutes to go. We're going to spread all fields. We'll cover uh, some bulls, socks, cubs, and bears. It's, as he said, Miss Little Miss Alad. It's ESPN 1000. The the the
4: of
1: Mike Murphy, Fred Huebner, Saturday in Chicago. Let's uh, veer off for a moment. Fred, uh, some some unfortunate bulls news.
0: Uh, Horrible news. Late yesterday, even last Brutal night. news. Oh, Happened at like eight forty five last night. Yeah. All of a sudden an elbow injury, which we didn't think much of because it made uh Larry and miss a practice. Also Wendell Carter at his shoulder. Next thing we know, uh Markin is gonna be out probably sixteen to nineteen games during the regular season. Six to eight weeks. Injury during uh practice. Practice. Yep. I
1: guess it's not important how it happened. I mean it just Probably just got caught up in a.
0: Uh, well, I, I'm thinking that, that Laurie Markin's elbow hit Wendell Carter's shoulder and they both got hurt. That's what I'm going with until I hear otherwise.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, he'd put on, what, 17 pounds of good upper body. Yep. He'd been in great shape. He said he was looking great. Wanted to, you know, improve defense. Yep. And, you uh, uh, I guess better now than during the season, but that's, that's silly. You know, just, you hate to, and they, remember Pax had just said, maybe what, a week ago, and we're injury-free.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, he said it, he said it during the week. Crazy. Too,
1: too early to speculate, like, who gets more time, if it's going to help some of the young guys in the sense that, you know, look like at time they didn't have. That's really, that's how marketing last year, right? He wasn't expected to get that much time uh, early. Uh, he wasn't expected to get the early minutes in the season, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, they had
0: injuries and a suspension, so. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah Tony, yeah. Tony would have had the minutes. And, and Portis.
1: Well, right, right. Yeah. Wow.
0: Not Tony, uh, Nico. I'm sorry. Jeez. The other, the other, so, yeah, the other European player. Same type player. guy, same uh-huh. type guy. Yeah. Where
1: did Tony come from? Yeah. Okay.
0: So, and the funny thing is that Nico and Portis will play against each other tomorrow because oh, they yeah, actually right. have, that's their first preseason game against New Orleans.
1: You know, Fred, Beck and me, a quick on the Cubs beat. It's amazing how in like two days you score some runs and everybody forgot about how for the last week, There's no offense. Yeah, they they still don't
0: have any offense. There's still it's still a struggle. The hitting coach.
1: What are they going to do? And you know, you I prepared some numbers back on Thursday, which now you throw out the window. But how so many of the Cubs this year are below their career average? Or a guy like Hap, who really had just a one year. You know, that's still his career average. And uh, uh, Bryant, uh, his career average, he's down in all categories. Uh, on base plus slugging uh, from 9.15 down to 8.34. That's huge. That's a lot of numbers and he's hurt. But, you and, know. and
0: don't let the home run fool you. I mean, the home run was a mistake pitch over the middle at 72 miles an hour. Yeah. There are most players in baseball would have hit the home run. It was an awful pitch. Now he hit it. That was great, but that's the first time we've seen him hit anything hard in how long? Yeah. It's been weeks. He's been hitting a little dumpers over the infield, well, he's hurt. little ball going the other way to right field. That's why it was nice to see him hit it, especially as bad as he looked in the first at bat. Yeah. And he said it afterwards. It was one of his worst at bats that we'd seen.
1: Well he obviously to me, has a uh, some type of tear, yeah. you know, in the rotator or whatever on the left side, and that'll be cleaned up. But you can't clean it up now. No, that's never been reported. That's just my opinion, you know. Elmora, even with the two nice at bats recently, uh, he's he's down a uh, hundred points in on base plus slugging. Hap is down uh, almost a uh, hundred points from the year before. Uh, Career uh, now, Schwarbs is actually up. I was surprised to find out. Schwarber's career has been uh, slashed on batting average 211, now 241, and is on base plus slugging up from 782 to 830, which is quite a a jump. But Contreras down big time, Russell down big time, and with all the injuries. You know, you could say it's really amazing that they, uh, and still do uh, lead the National League in victories with the uh, starting pitching and disarray uh, the two Free agent signings by Theo that were just horrendous in the retrospect, Chatwood. And Darvish uh, losing the uh, closer uh, tomorrow, tomorrow. Yep. and to have all these guys one, two, three, four, five that I just named here, but you know, they,
0: worse they, years than their career average. Yeah, the second half of the season, their starting pitching got them to where they are. Yeah. I mean, when the addition of Hamels and Lester and what Hendricks has done, Hendricks has gone eight outings, his last eight outings without allowing more than two earned runs, hmm. eight outings. He's he is he's pitching as well now as he's pitched all year. This is as good
1: as he's been, even in the big uh, groove he was in in uh, 2016. For this last sample size, how many games? Eight.
0: Yeah, last eight outings has not allowed more than two earned runs in a game. Yesterday, two run, two runs, seven hits, yeah. two walks, struck out two. Eight innings, and, uh, as, as Jesse was saying, he had, there were guys on base, and he was getting out of jams constantly throughout the game. Yeah. But that's a, that's a sign of a guy that knows what the hell he's doing, and this is a perfect time for him. Yeah, eight That's starts. why you need a, you need an awesome outing today from Havels.
1: Every fifth day, that's 40 days, they had very few off days, but that's, so that's a month and a, that's yeah. uh, 45, that's a month and a half. Yep. That's terrific. But just a couple of days ago, everybody, you know, they're not hitting, they're not scoring, and two days, you know, go by now, and we sort of, you know, as a company, maybe those days are gone, right? Hopefully, but Joe Madden, a couple days ago, before uh, the uh, the two uh, uh, games when they got some runs, he had an interesting statement. It's a short little cut; it's about clip. It's about fifteen seconds here, and uh, he talks about how the bats need to wake up. But it's pretty interesting.
0: Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, we're not happy. Um... You know,
3: and and again, it's really coming down to the one component of the game we just haven't been good at recently, and that's offense. So, and then and then you got to be careful because then guys start pressing even more to try to get it. done. we did. We just got to continue to to march on. But we got to, I would say, our concept of scoring first is going to be pretty important. We got to grab the lead and hold on Stop to it. Stop
1: the tape. Did you notice he threw in there the word press? Pressing. Yeah.
0: Now. Baseball people never use that word. Don't let the pressure exceed the pleasure.
1: Very good. Uh-huh. Very
0: good. Yep. Can Fred leave? No, that was great. Uh, that was a bad, unbelievable Fred. I can't believe. I mean, can't believe he said that. It shows you. And then he says the one portion of the game we've been struggling in, offense. Well, it's well, a pretty big portion. Well, there's offense. There's offense, defense, and pitching.
1: You see, fans don't want to think that there's pressure, and when. They all st- you know, the old expression, hitting is contagious. It sounds yeah. stupid.
0: Oh, it's it's but, unbelievably true. But yes, yeah.
1: everyone's hitting. You get up there and there's no pressure on you. You're up six nothing. Everyone's, ah, boom. Conversely, what happens is when no one's hitting, then the pressure, okay, I got to hit a, you know, six, the old six right. ran Homer right here. Sure. And, but for Joe to say pressure, I, I, I want to hear that again. Well,
3: I mean, I, 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 we're not happy. Um. You know, and and again, it's really coming down to the one component of the game we just haven't been good at recently, and that's offense. So, and then and then you got to be careful because then guys start pressing even more to try to get it. done. we did. We just got to continue to to march on. But we yeah. got to, I would say, our concept of scoring first is going to be pretty important. We got to grab the lead and hold on
4: to it.
0: That's see, and we're uh, very very few teams like to say grab the lead and hold on to it. You want to grab the lead and build on it. And he started by grabbing the lead and hold on to it because he knows the offense is still struggling. If you get a run, you gotta hold on to it because we don't know how you don't know how many more runs are gonna score.
1: It's like when the Bears defense would yell, Just hold them. Exactly. To the offense. Uh-huh. Same deal. Yep. I made a little note here. This is Tuesday night after I was at the six to nothing loss with the seven relievers and dead. The fans were dead, which is understandable. I'm not saying, you know, when I was sitting there, I was dead too. What are you supposed to do? Uh, but I jotted down, it feels like September of 69, Uh which most of you don't remember, but you might have heard about what happens, Fred, in September of 69, everything goes Wrong. Right. It starts uh, swirling down the drain, and this is how I was as of Tuesday night. So it's been the Wednesday, sure Thursday, Friday things are all of a sudden rosy. But it starts, and once it starts swirling, it's hard to stop. And it did somehow with the uh, victory Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, the, the two wins Friday. against
0: Pittsburgh were massive, especially that win on Thursday when Milwaukee wasn't playing. That was yeah. that was one of the bigger games. Mm-hmm. And. uh, and it was a game where I turned it off at six two. Well, yeah, and I kept looking at my phone six four. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. Then I looked at my phone six six. Honey, I gotta turn the game back on. I couldn't believe that when when it, so that I originally missed. The uh the right. play with the guy in the stands and all that stuff. I saw the I saw it was six six, then I saw more end up getting a the game winning hit.
1: Well our Twitter poll, EO eleven, uh we had this a couple hours ago. Uh one of the numbers uh gone to here. A playoff race playoffs is a it's a lot of fun, b it's nerve wracking. See, you know what baseball's boring. I remember boring was four uh, percent. What uh, what did it turn out
2: fun and nerve wracking with a final count? Right. So right now, boring's down to three <laughs> percent. Okay. Fun is forty percent. Yeah. So that makes nerve wracking fifty seven <laughs> percent. And as Fred you said two hours ago. It, it depends if you, it
0: depends if you're a team's in it or not, or if you're just watching a, yeah. from the lazy boy. Yeah, if you're just watching, yeah, like right now, hey, the pennant race in the National League West has been really interesting to watch. But you know, if you're if you were the Dodgers yeah. or or if you were the uh, Arizona Cardinal right. or Ari, I'm sorry, the Arizona yeah. Diamondbacks, right. It didn't wasn't a very fun pennant race.
1: <laughs> the Rockies, the Cardinals are still alive yep. right now. They're two games back in the wild card. So, uh, I will finish up some, uh, Cubs talk when we return. It's Murph and Fred. Magic number remains at two. And I figured out who Theo's gonna be targeting, uh, next, uh, offseason win or lose uh, to make some changes. It's ESPN 1000. 2 1, magic number at 2, but
0: the Brewers have won, what, 5? 4 in a row. 4 in a row? Yep. Okay. Brewers have won, I'm sorry, 5 in a yeah. row. 5 in a row after last night. Yeah.
1: Cubs have won 3 in a row, so the Brewers have picked up 2 games in the standings in the last 5 days. Cubs remain 1 game in front, magic number 2. The next 2 days are batting down the hatches to buckle up and. Might be a bumpy ride. EO11, uh, one of our final Twitter polls of the day. Haven't heard the results from you yet. Question was, it's been on board since about 6 a.m. Lots of volume, lots of responses. A or B, the Cubs are a, a young team or B, a they are a veteran team. Is it closer? do we have a big uh, spread? There's a decent discrepancy. It's a pretty big spread. All right. So uh, the big uh, lead
2: is going to be they're a veteran team.
0: I'm going to say they're a veteran team.
2: That is- 71% of the voters agree with you guys. It is a veteran team.
0: All right. Even though they're young. Right. Yeah, which is weird.
1: Well, it's, a, it's an interesting question to pose. Uh, if they're a veteran team, that means you can't sit forever with the same guys. Yeah. Win or lose this year... Fred, the I uh, remember the uh, dog uh, and the uh, fire hydrant uh, uh-huh. theory. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, visit the fire hydrant now to mark my territory. I know two guys that I bet you I don't know. I'm guessing two guys that Theo is targeting for okay. this winter, win or lose, win the World Series or get knocked out of the wildcard. Targeting to bring in or get yes, rid of. i say so, well, okay. To first to bring in, <laughs> <Thank> okay.
0: <you.
1: laughs> Harper. And DJ Lemayu.
0: Yeah, I don't like Harper at all. Sorry, I'm the only guy. I think I, I don't think I don't think Harper's a winner. No, I'm not saying
1: I like him either. Uh. He needs speed. Now he's not a, a burner speed, but he's a first to third speed. Yeah, yeah. they need it. They got to sell subscriptions to that new cable station. They're not selling out there the 1914 club or whatever it's called uh, underneath the box seats of five 600 dollars right. a game where you get to eat for free. He's going to need speed. He's going to need second base. I don't think Murphy's coming back. Outfield and D, uh, DJ LeMayo will he swallow his pride and bring in a guy that he traded away? I, I think he will.
0: Yeah, I think he would too.
1: Not, not a lot of teams
0: I look need second base. So but- you don't think Machado, huh? Maybe. All right, maybe. But. I would go after Machado before I'd go after Harper. He's
1: got right. it. All right, I like, well, that's fine. Either way. But he's also going to have to trade because the farm system is empty. Okay, the four big number one draft picks over time, right? His four claims to fame Bryant, right. Elmora, Happen, Schwarber. Bryant's not going anywhere. No. I'm going to tell you right now this winter, Elmora, Happen, Schwarber.
0: They'll all be on the table. Well, if he's going to move Al Mora, he might go after Harper then. Because he put Harper mm-hmm. in right. In, I mean, you put Harper. Well, you could put Harper in right or center.
1: Or he could still keep Schwarber yeah. and have uh, Harper in right, Al Mora in center. Or, like you just said, keep
0: hey, Hayward. Hayward can yeah. play center or right. Harper can play either one.
1: His hap. He's going to see what he can get for him and Schwarber. The three claims to fame, other than
0: the number four Bryant, Elmora, Happ, and Schwarber, would have been easier moving Harp, moving Schwarber after last year. Well, maybe uh, not. See, I don't know. Well, you're right because it's hard to trade
1: Elmora, Happen Schwarber, coming off two of them below average years. Almora, Happ, and Schwarber at a plateau year. Yeah, but win the World Series or get knocked out early, he can't sit tight. He can't sit all winter. And do nothing. Yeah. He's going to have to spend money, which they've got, and move some of these young guys to build for the uh, future.
0: Well, right there at Gallagher Way, just keep printing the money. They're a veteran team. Yeah. Not any longer.
1: As you said, it's hard to believe they're not a young team. They're a veteran team. Mm -hmm. But the next two days... They're young veterans. Next two days, it's going to be a lot of either fun or... Angst. There's a lot of angst. (laughs) Either fun our
0: nerves
1: uh, well, at least they know they're At least they
0: know they're playing next week. Wanna
1: thank all our guests today.
0: Patrick Finley, great job, Bears Guys sometimes and our guy, Jesse Rogers. Eric Kostrowski, all of his help as always. Don't forget I'll be back tomorrow with Mongo, nine till noon, getting you ready for Bears and Bucks. And go Bears, Murph and Fritz. And thanks for listening.
1: Thanks for calling. See you later, everybody.